I've been reflecting a lot the past few days on my favorite movies of the year and how I am gravitating strongly to movies that care about people and about movies who care about each other over form. Even though, like, like when we were talking about with eighth grade, I actually think that movie has some compelling stuff going on with form. But reading the news, just being an audience member to the ways people are treating each other right now, I just... It, it, it is no surprise that I'm gravitating towards movies where people just care and where filmmakers care. Leave No Trace. Leave No Trace is a great example. Yeah. Anyway. I'm trying to think if I have a lot of compassion and empathy on my list. But then, like, number one is, like, experimental, uh-huh. hypnotic, like, <laughs> disorientation, colonialist movie. Oh, Sama. Minding the Gap. Minding the Gap is a big empathy IMO movie. I love that you're sticking that up so high. I need to it's watch it really again. Good. I mean, I, I wept when I saw that movie and I was so taken by the form in that one. It's like that movie starts and you're thinking, these are some very well shot skateboarding movies. I love, like, he must have tremendous um, hand-eye coordination to be able to be getting these shots and be holding the camera while he is just zooming down parking garages and jumping over speed bumps. And then, like, as it goes on, like, you watch the skateboarding footage and you're like, it's a metaphor for their hopes and dreams. <laughs> like, the way that he, he's able to twist it. Oh my it's God. really compelling. Yeah, it's you should watch it, Ben. It will. It's on. Yeah, it's great. Hulu, Hulu. Uh, yeah, that movie really blew me away. I was not. I just kind of threw it on, right. just like oh, I should. I should. People sh- are liking. This. I should check this off my list yeah. of things to see, and then I was like, oh, oh fuck, Tracy Letts. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Did you watch Lady Bird the other night? Was it last night? No, I ended up watching Apollo thirteen, <laughs> which I saw that you liked. I really like Apollo 13. It's a great movie. I was this close to giving it a full five. I was fucking lit. Fuck yeah. I was lit. Nice. I The right stuff did not make me lit. Well, we're going to talk about all of that. We will. We will. I'm getting I keep thinking about throwing on Lady Bird, and maybe I'll do it tonight, but I won't do it tonight, because as I was saying to Brandon outside waiting for you to let us in, I the past... Apart from Private Life, the last five movies I've watched have all been Stars Are Born. Um, Mm -hmm. And I need to break out of the formula. Like, I'm already like, this conversation, I'm like, so, like, we're all going to fall in love and then we're going to be on a high. This is going to be the best episode we've ever delivered. And then, like, someone's going to have one too many anchor steams and, like, slip on the bathroom tile to pee, (laughs) you know? And then whoever's left is going to do a duet of Shallow on the mic and then call it a day. I was telling Daniel while we were waiting outside, I was like, when, because I had watched all of them except what price before yeah. stepping into Cradley Booper. Mm-hmm. So when I'm watching Cradley Booper, I'm just thinking about like, oh, right, okay, this has to happen now and this has mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, she, the Grammys have to happen. Okay, what's... I was thinking, what's the embarrassing thing or mm-hmm. humiliating thing he's going to do on stage? What... Uh, and then how is he going to kill himself? Yeah. How is he going to die? And it, the, the fact that like my... I was just... Thinking about the level of that's why I don't read books before I see the movie. If and yet I know you're making, about the and yet movie. you're making, you're making the I two of a... us read if Beale Street could talk before we see that movie. Yeah, but that's James Baldwin. <laughs> I really, I really need someone who hasn't read The Hate You Give mm. to see The Hate You Give and tell me what they think. Because oh uh, yeah, you were quite taken with it. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's good. Oh, you I saw it. Yeah, I think the. I'm sad I couldn't go the other. I day think the work. ending has the same problem as the ending of the book, which mm-hmm. is just it ties up everything too neatly and it's a little too melodramatic, but it's also a YA book, so that comes with the territory. But 
the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, okay, now this has to happen. Yeah. Okay, now this has to happen. Oh, this hasn't happened yet. Oh, this happens. And it's just like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I. But I enjoyed it. No Country for Good. Old Men was the the first movie I can think of that comes to mind that I intentionally read the book before seeing the movie. Yeah. And it was the surprise film at the London Film Festival. And I had a feeling that it would be. And like the lights go down and the Paramount Vantage like label maker like juts out on the logo and everyone in the audience goes crazy because they know what it is. But I had read No Country for Old Men that summer and it's such a faithful adaptation. And the movie itself is so skeletal that the structure of it, no pun intended, sticks out. And I knew every beat of the movie. I was, Mm -hmm. it's still like so... Un, like it's so astonishing on a crafts level, and the the yeah. way that Deacons is shooting that thing, and yeah. and the play like playing with the shadows and the light and the like. It was obviously hugely compelling, and I think it was until I saw There Will Be Blood. I think it was my favorite movie of the year in two thousand seven. But I every single beat I knew. All right, if you expect. guys don't want to read, if Beale Street could talk before you see the movie, and then you don't have time before we record the podcast, that's fine. No, what I'm well, no, I, I'll I, read no, it. I, I was committed to reading it, but. Actually, I'm not going to, but what I will do is I will... How long is the book? It's not that it's long. It's like 200. Yeah. It's like 197. I will, I will see the movie as soon as I can see it, and then I will lock myself in my home. I will be alone in my house, and I will speed read If Beale Street Could Talk. If Beale Street Could Talk. I'm not going to do that because I take eight years to read a page. Fair. Because I'm illiterate. So I'll just read it before I see the movie. It's fine. It doesn't take away. It just is a different yeah. experience. I'm just saying, if you want it to be optional for both of you, because I've already no, you seen feel very it, strongly so I, about it. I can read it, but I'm just like, I just am personally interested in what that I'm adaptation per- is. I'm personally like, invested in that you've learned to read. Thank you. Yeah. You're right. Oh, that's great. I was going to get the You overcame <laughs> gay illiteracy. I know. I'm I, so happy for good you. Good for me. Good for you. Just like Cameron Diaz, gay illiteracy. (laughs) Uh, When she can't read that teleprompter, that is cinema. Yeah. What was I just watching that I was like, this person can't read just like Cameron Diaz can't read? (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. Were you looking in a mirror? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I was. Oh, Lord. Oh, I'm... No shame or no shade to anyone who can't read, by the way. We're just having a laugh. I love laughter. It's just gay illiteracy. It's a is a joke. I, I would hope, of course, I, I would hope that if this show were ever put into transcripts, that no, like that at that moment, everyone on earth forgot how to read. I don't need yeah. to see. <laughs> I don't need to see these conversations printed yeah, out. Yeah, that would be a dark day. I'm alone in my house. I'm gonna pull up the soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, please. Great. I was listening to the soundtrack for the first time with or without dialogue. With, I mean, I was just listening to it start to finish. I started right before I got in the car. Well, there's a version without dialogue. Oh, then I was listening oh, I with that. dialogue. Oh, well, Spotify has. It's it. funny listening to the dialogue on the soundtrack because it's not mixed into the the rest. It's not. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not submerged in the sound mix, and <laughs> it just sounds very clumsy and awkward. Yeah, because the dialogue. I think, and I I love the sound mixing. And Alec, the ten seconds. So much. Huh? That's my favorite interstitial. Alec, ten seconds. <laughs> In the soundtrack? Mm-hmm. Oh, I should listen to it with dialogue. And then it's in between, is that all right? And why did you do that? Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and is that all right is not in the movie. That's correct. It's in the credits. Got it. Which is technically the movie, but no. Not the two times I saw it when I had to pee so bad that I <laughs> waited and, waited until Ann Sam Elliott and then ran uh. out of the room. Um. Well... I guess I'm in charge. 
You are we in charge. We don't have to start yet. All right. What are you... Oh, Virginia. <laughs> I just like asking what flavor you're puffing on. It's always the same. Your jewel. What flavor are you jeweling on? Virginia tobacco. Oh, man. Virginia tobacco in, in honor of uh, Husky Cradley Boop. <laughs> Cradley Boop. Did you watch The Barbara? Yeah. Did you? Mm-hmm. When? Today. Really? Did you like it? No. Nice. Not yet. Sometimes I get a real kick out of watching a movie late at night and logging it the next morning. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Especially if I've told someone I'm watching a movie. Yeah. Because then I'm like, if, they, if they're if they on Letterboxd the next morning, they might be like, oh, he didn't finish it. Or <laughs> he was, you're a liar. <laughs> I'm like, no, just get an eight. <laughs> Thought I'd reflect with less less of a fuzzy sleepy mm. head. Mm, there's a new High Life poster. And I watched the 1937 Stars Born bright and early this morning. And not even bright and early before the sun came up this morning. At 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. I love a 6 a.m. movie. That's good because it was probably a little chilly outside. And it was so, nice. And so the movie, like, I am, so, I, the, the image that I can't get out of my head from seeing that on Nitrate back mm-hmm. in April mm-hmm. is the uh, the snowy train station. Mm-hmm. It's so gorge. Mm-hmm. And that, would, that seems fitting for a 6 a.m. I love the grandma. She's so sad. I love the grandma. She's the, the best fun. part. Chase your dreams. It's the only Star is Born that starts with... Like like the her the home, home the home life of her yeah yeah, yeah. the home it life is. of her or in other words her home life <laughs> the home life of her her private life uh her private life let's talk about private life let's just do begin. a private life episode instead well I was thinking about that how can we <laughs> oh. I'd like to squeeze that in <laughs> I'm just moaning because I just, love it so much I know uh, I just same I want to watch it again before I have same. thoughts or true feelings or words on it because yeah. right now my reaction to it is just purely just like that the girl <sighs> who plays Sadie is a star is that your reaction seriously I mean I should have said the last six talk movies about I watched star, star, star the last six movies I watched yeah. star, star is born oh my god I was gonna make that joke talk about the star is born <laughs> yeah I we're going to we're embryo, going to talk about a star the is born the embryo inside of her oh oh mm? but seriously that actress she. Talk Amazing. about it. seriously. Talk about a star is born. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. <sighs> literally, literally, she is literally a star. I my my one complaint hurts. about Private mm-hmm. Life is that they probably should have titled it Logan because it is kind of an Ozu movie. Because it's a western. Because it's a western and it's an Ozu <laughs> movie. It is in terms of western life in the city wow. in 2018. True. <gasps> it's not 1993 anymore, sweetie. True. Mm. You live in this rent-controlled apartment on Avenue A. Catherine Hahn is like, what? <laughs> what? God, we're like an advertisement for assholes. Oh, my God. What? All of her commentary. <laughs> what? Well, I was, I'm so fascinated. It's not just her, but it's everybody, but especially her. Like, all of her reference points for real life are through pop culture. And just, I just thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the way that we, like think how we're supposed to live the way that life is supposed to unfold right. it's like it's like we're living in a this is very taxi driver is that isn't that one of them when she know. first sees the apartment could be and like the neighborhood I, yeah <laughs> i think so yeah I, Something like I mean that. even paul giamatti does it he's like well it's like we're in an ionesco play <laughs> he doesn't say ionesco but you know and then Catherine hans like oh yeah when he says that it's so like oh my god there's such like a little you know you know tongue can i get a little people. tongue in cheek can tongue in cheek Cunnilingus? Oh, yeah. Can I get a laugh? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Paul Giamatti's so fucking good in this. And then, yeah, Catherine Hahn references Handmaid's Tale. She's like, what is this, Handmaid's Tale? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in Handmaid's Catherine Tale. Hahn is just extraordinary in this thing. Um, I think it's her best performance. I think so, too. I also think it's Paul's 
well, what a, I don't know. It's hard to top Miles and Sideways. I was going to say it's second to, it's his best performance since That's Sideways. That's right, too. But for Catherine Hahn, I'm like, Afternoon Delights. I'm like, like private a close life, I'm like, Private Life, Transparent Season 3, mm-hmm. Afternoon Delight. Yeah. I, I was just telling my aunt about this the other day. Um, the first time I was introduced to Catherine Hahn, I was in a hotel room in Florida with my brother because he was either about to start school or it was like the summer before he moved to an apartment. doesn't matter. I was in a hotel in Florida and we were both under 21 and it's like past 9 p.m. So you're, you're in the hotel room for the night. And that awful Jeremy Piven movie, The, the Goods Live Hard, Sell Hard, from oh, like 2009. No oh, it was, it's such trash. I mean, it, it's, oh. it's like, it's just such trash. It's one, it's one of those like, wannabe Will Ferrell movies from the late aughts and he plays a used car salesman with like with like an anchorman-esque team of used car salesmen and Catherine Hahn is the one like brassy ball buster Uh, she's the one woman on the team and I remember just I think her best performance is Tomorrowland I'm not even gonna laugh about I'm not even gonna laugh at that it's a joke. You're supposed to laugh. I'm, I can't. No, I know it's a joke. I'm saying I, I can't even laugh. I think oh yeah, she and Keegan Michael <laughs> Key are just they get guillotined right in the toy shop. She is pretty funny with in their that toy scene. guns, yes. and then she dies. My actual favorite performance of hers is Parks and Rec. Oh, that's a great answer. Oh, yeah. good answer. Good yeah, answer. The, yeah. I like pure comedy, Catherine Hahn the most. That's not fair. that I have a problem with this. I love. No, that's I love girl yeah. or uh, Catherine Hahn in Girls season one. The scene she has with Jessa at mm-hmm. the end of the season. Yeah. She plays, J- she and James LaGrosse are the couple that uh, hire Jessa to nanny. Mm-hmm. And then she and the dad. I only have, I have the vaguest memory of that. Yeah. It's been a while. Anyway, I was just trying to say that The Goods Live Hard, Sell Hard was very much Catherine Hahn's A Star is Born moment for me. Ooh. Because it's one of the worst movies I'd ever seen. But I was like, who the hell is this? Who's, yeah, who's this chick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I didn't say chick. chick. I didn't say chick. Well, you were watching The Goods. It might have slipped out. <laughs> they, the call, they, they probably called her a chick. Hey, chick. Hey, um, chick, come here. I just wanted to get another look at you. Oh, just, boy. On that note. Le- oh, let's... Another qu- priest kissing the bride. Not a priest, a judge. Did you not notice that happened in all versions of this movie? The judge is like, let me kiss the bride, too. Eddie Griffin did that? No, it doesn't happen in this one. It happens in... What Price Hollywood? It happens in... The 1937 happens in 1954. It doesn't happen in Barbara. And that's really that's really oh, striking that's that it doesn't happen in the Barbara version because basically everything happens in the Barbara version. I don't mean like the beats. I mean, yeah. it is just such just, a bloated, like mm-hmm. overlong, uh, just parade of excess that you would expect that like at some point, even if it wasn't during the wedding scene, that the, a judge would just, you know, Babs would just plant one on a judge. I love the isn't, notion that the contemporary rock stylings of Evergreen is selling out stadiums. Oh, yeah. It's so good. That, yeah. This movie is wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. I wanted to re-listen to the You Must Remember. I, you can probably let us in and start this, Brandon. But I was meaning to re-listen to the You Must Remember this episode about Barbara Streisand's A Star is Born, which is in my top five, Stirs top burn. ten episodes Stirs of that program. Burn. A Star is Born. A Star is Born. Um, <laughs> well... On that note, we are here. Okay, shut up. <laughs> welcome to Movies IMO. Um, welcome I'm back well, to you. Welcome back to me, starring Chris and Wick. Um, I just wanted to get another welcome from you. Just wanted to get another welcome from you. Um, I'm Brandon. Oh, what are, what am I doing? I'm Brandon Kirby. I'm Ben Empey. I'm Daniel Crook. 
and we are your favorite film faggots. And today we're here to talk about the movie that all the gays saw last weekend. And I am and I am hearing from plenty of straights as well who have either seen it or are my uncle really wants to see this movie. My uncle's also a musician, but really want like wants I to think see this movie. Truly everyone wants yeah, to everyone see, wants this to see movie. it. But Venom still beat it. Yes. For this weekend. That's not gonna hold. Yeah, Venom will plummet, and then Stars Born will be. Well, what about First Man? No, uh, no. I don't. Is know. that opening wide? Yeah. I don't know. Because it? it's universal. I feel like Stars Born's gonna win this next weekend. Yeah, I think so too. Because Venom possible. will plummet. It's hard. To, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. People Only love time Ryan Gosling. Yeah. People love Ryan Gosling. People love the moon. <laughs> they do love the moon. Moon Straight. underline in the trailer. <laughs> Oh my God! When Ad- Gaga does it in *Star Is Born*, it's like things or like light <laughs> when they're in that Arizona cafe. Yeah. Oh, the thing that I was most dying to tell you guys after I saw it the first time is I want her shirt when she goes to visit him in rehab. Oh yeah. Oh, just oh, says, oh, oh, oh 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 oh. It's actually pronounced. Over. Yes, I actually legit wonder if it's yeah. a specific reference to that. To mm-hmm. her doing that? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what Kyle thought, too, when we walked out. He was like, did you notice her? I didn't notice the shirt. Mm-hmm. Said, oh. Mm-hmm. And he was, off, at that moment, he was off the deep end. So. He literally was. I, so what does it say? It's a bunch of O's. In the, wor- yes. in the words of... In the words a white of, uh, shirt and gold writing, I think? I think it's a blue shirt, but okay. it might be white. It anyway, might, in, the, in the words of right. Carrie Coon... How meta. Or not Carrie Coon in the words of Kim Dickens. How meta. Ah. Ah. Okay. Uh, A Star is Born. Is that what we're here to do? 2018. Cradley Booper's A Star is Born starring Lady Gaga and Sam Elliott. I'm going to quote. And Cradley Booper. Steven Spielberg on Barbra Streisand. It is the most auspicious film directorial debut since Citizen Kane. That is what Steven Spielberg said of Yentl. Thank you. <laughs> I am blown away by just the <laughs> earnestness of that comment. Mm-hmm. Like that's not just him doing a favor. Like he had to have that's been moved clear, by Yentl. Like yes. that came straight from Stevie. Well, it's Hart. about Jewishness, right? So of for course, sure, that's his thing. But yeah, good for him. I know. I'm glad yeah. he saw that. Yeah, that's some that's some delicious shade that I think you just threw. Is that what you're quoting, Stephen? Oh, okay. I don't think that was shade. Okay, got it. Do you think Cradley Booper's A Star is Born is the most auspicious feature film directorial debut (laughs) since Citizen Kane? It's Kubrickian? It's auspicious in, um, uh, uh, like, profile size. Yeah. Auspicious doesn't have to mean greatness. It can just be high profile. profile. High profile, yeah. It is. It is. It honestly, yeah. I mean... For a director, it's not about studio movie. Yes, and I, it's not about a director's star being born. It's about a star reinventing himself with mm-hmm. this movie. You, I mean, and Bradley you really could say the real star being born is director actor Cradley Booper. <laughs> what headline was that? New Yorker. Yeah, Richard Brody. No, but he was being a bitch about it. Oh, he was. He like the first line is the like the real love story in this movie is between Bradley Cooper the director and Bradley Cooper the actor. Oh. <laughs> It was oh, not boy. a kind oh, comment. It. it was, he's really good at directing himself, and he's a narcissist. Mm-hmm. That, was the, that was the take. I understand. I, well, let me, 
explain what we're doing. Okay, so we're talking. What yes. are we doing here? I don't know, honestly. What <laughs> are we? Anyone. What are any of us doing here? We we're need all- to pump. I feel like the light is changing. What's that's happening? that's fine. Turn it up. I mean, I need uh, like an adrenaline. You, you know, need vitamin D. That, I, mean, I, was, I need the episode of Mad Men when they get vitamin shots oh, in yeah. their ass. And then they're on speed the rest of the day. Yeah. Because I am, it's been a few weeks. And, and it's also been an exhausting cultural conversation. And I'm, I'm very excited about this movie. But the, the mixture of the world ending and the world ending <laughs> over this movie, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I need to do jumping jacks. I need to like slap my face. Yeah. Should I'm we, sure I did a lot ju- of damage to your psyche in the past week, and I apologize for that. We're talking about Cradley Booper's A Star Is Born, and we're also talking about every other A Star Is Born that's ever been made, is including it, is it, the ahead, the um, prototype George Cukor, 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 Cukor. Uh, what price Hollywood? Nineteen thirty. I thought it was called two. I thought it was called. What price Hollywood for the <laughs> longest time? Nice. So I was really disappointed, and that it's, it's what, what price? It, at what price Hollywood? And it's just <laughs> what price Hollywood? It's like yeah. that was like I the really despondent want- straw that <laughs> broke my camel's back over the past couple of weeks. It was just like it's there's no at. I still read it as if there's an at. I, I read that I read that title as you being a, a head honcho at a studio. And what I, price? At what price, Hollywood? Uh, so the nineteen thirty two What Price Hollywood? Yeah. Nineteen Lo- Lo- loved your work in that one. Thirty seven Janet Gaynor's A Star Is Born. Thought that your 19... work was a little on the nose in that one as Thank a as a you. studio chief, but well, good. Mm-hmm. Like we we had just come to expect the prototype at that point. Yes. Like. You know, you were just chomping on your cigar with so with so much gusto. Too much. I could see you chomp through the cigar. Ah, uh, too much. You're in the background of a shot just spitting it into a waste can. So then luckily in the 1954 you Judy Garland version. kill it I in s- this movie. I slay. Yeah, you wow. slay. <laughs> uh, and the 1976. Was, couldn't find you. Babs. I wasn't in that when yeah. I died. Yeah. Babs is A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> you were resurrected, <laughs> which the Babs's version is what Cradley Booper models his version most closely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say a hundred percent. I don't know about like that. it's basically a photocopy of I, the Barber version. I think done everything, everything think, done better, but I, the same but better. I think that Bradley is playing with stagecraft with uh, with arena rock shows and with pop music mm-hmm. in the same way that Kukor is playing with this sort of like Art Deco, um, super Hollywood production design, mm-hmm. and they're both taking those. Uh, it's not just the mise en scène of it, but taking those conventions and elevating it into this dream space, like with the. Um, uh, Fuck me! What is the name? We're gonna what? What's the the what? What in a trunk? Born in a trunk. Born like born in a trunk to me. Mm-hmm. Like that entire fantasy sequence is yeah. very similar to the dream space that I think Cradley Booper conjures, and a lot of the the, the more <laughs> the, like the more exciting, the less depressing numbers in A Star yeah. Is Born. Okay, with yeah. a lot of the lights and the way that he's moving his camera around. But like I'm just saying, like I think that he certainly takes the mil. It's a closer milieu from the 1970. Six, nineteen seventy-six. That sort of like Joshua Tree country rock. Yeah, I mean it's very Chris Christopherson. Obviously, it's this. It's a similar milieu, but I think in terms of how he is taking, um, 
how he is taking the more fantastical elements, whether it's so Kukort's the movie magic, and it, here it's like that that stage that magic, in, that, yeah, like that indelible connection that happens between performers on a stage and the lights and the screens and and like I've. I'm sure, like, I haven't seen, like, The Last Waltz, for instance. Like, I'm not going to say, like, I've never seen a movie like this before. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I refuse to say that about anything incredibly Booper as a Star is Born. But having been to a lot, I mean, we were just, Beyonce is maybe not a good example, uh, but, like, seeing The War on Drugs in a big, uh, big auditorium, seeing Neutral Milk Hotel at the Hollywood Bowl. Like, you hear all of the music, but you are so far away. And I, you really feel the ecstasy of collaboration in this film. Yeah. And I've never, like... Even even when the video is blown up on the monitors and you can see a guitarist like picking, I've never actually connected the fact that someone is up there moving their Doing fingers that. up and down a fretboard and picking that that's where you get this huge anthemic explosive sound. Right. I think the sound mixing is extraordinary in this movie and like most things in this movie, mostly during the musical numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Just the roar of the crowd in the beginning yeah. immediately sets you in the mind of this character and the stakes and the expectations and what he's both escaping from and is feeding off of. The sound is so good in this movie. Oh, yeah. It'll win sound. Which one's the music one? Mixing. 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 Uh, Especially since a lot of the music was done live. Even though, like, yeah. generally sound mixing, it goes to, like, your Chicago's because they've managed to get the music mixed in with right. the moving of the lips so perfectly mm-hmm. where like you can even hear when they're like smacking a lip. Yeah. Uh, but then like Les Mis wins sound mixing, doesn't it? For doing it live. Probably. I can look that up while you guys are talking. I just think Let somebody else talk. The nineteen seventy six gets poo pooed on, but it's how Cradley Boopers exists. It is he's not he he could have done actors, actors, but mm-hmm. he did musicians, which I, is what the '76 one. I think that unless does. you're doing it like Judy, if you're doing a musical, you know, a music, pardon me, like a musical theater actress or or an actress who also sings, it's just not going to be as exciting. And I love yeah. the original Star Is Born, and I think it's really exciting to see Janet Gaynor on the big screen mm-hmm. and see like her moxie and charisma. Janet Gaynor, by the way, is like. The unsung, uh, not like the unsung hero, but when you're up next to Judy, Babs, and Gaga, right, right. you're obviously going to be the most disposable and forgettable. But Janet Gaynor, like she's got moxie, kid. Like and, and the I, original I actually original Academy Award winner for Best Actress. That's correct. And and when she, she wins her Oscar mm-hmm. in A Star Is Born, that is her Oscar. Which I got from really? the IMDb, oh, which I got from the ah, IMDb trivia page. I, so I also fun. learned this from the IMDb trivia page. She had a really easy time uh, getting into character for Frederick Marsh, wasted, uh, ruining the event because she brought her sister to the first Oscars and she got very drunk. Oh, oh my god! That. And I don't think that she interrupted Janet's speech or anything, but she was humiliated by her sister's being three That's sheets to the wind throughout that ceremony. Oh my god! So I don't know, but I I think that I think that her. Um, I'm, hello, this is Mrs. Norman Maine, mm-hmm. might be the most effective yes. in terms of just think so. sorrow and sadness yeah. from all of them. Even I think though her delivery of that is the most Barbara, memorable. Barbara has the best number, I think. Like, Barbara... Mm-hmm. I agree with that, I, too. I mean, I, it's, it's almost, like, unfair because she is... 
I mean, she is so very much in control of that film. Yeah. Like, it's like if Brad, I mean, and Bradley ends his movie, Cradley ends his movie with him getting to chime in on that, on yeah. that final moment, you know? But Barbara, like, with one more look at you, and I yeah. put this in my letterbox slot, but she goes through every single cycle of grief, and it's as if you've never experienced it before. And she's yeah. like, let me hold your hand and show you how to feel this. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's very Barbara, right? Like, yeah. super expressive and taking it upon herself to show you how to feel. And doing storytelling through music. That's what I that's mean. That's Barbara. That's Barbara. Exactly. Um, so it's Judy all- is more like one sustained emotion for a song, and Barbara is a whole lifetime in a song. Correct. Per song. Yes. Changing character every single mm-hmm. time. But maybe we've got so much time. To talk. We've got five hours allotted on this one. So yeah. maybe we there should. We go. I'm not in charge this week, Brandon, but maybe we should Maybe we should start with the, the Cradley Booper of it all. Oh, Cradley. I was, was going to go chronologically. Oh. Is that stupid? We should do. I imagine that most people who are listening yeah, to this. Yeah, they probably want. They want Cradley at well, the top. Do you think I care what the people want? <laughs> no, you're Brandon. I am still. No, let's start. I am still Booper. still so in love with me being like, let's not spoil it in the bedroom. And you're like, fuck them. Like, movie <laughs> <laughs> came out 17 years ago. <laughs> Gee, we're all gonna be dead soon. Okay. Um, you joked that. Barbara's final number, you're going to bump it up a half star, but I literally bumped it up a half star because of Barbara's I final number. I ended up number. not bumping it up half a star. What if I was so rude that I was going to... What What are you going to give this movie? One. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I mean, it's pretty bad. No, it like, is that bad. It is, it that is that bad. bad. But what I like about the bad... I enjoyed myself. I It was like... It was like pulling my nails and then being forced to eat them. Like I, it was. <laughs> I don't know Barbara's torturous. afro. I was into it. Yeah. The problem with Barbara and I love Barbara Streisand, but she she didn't get the note that she should have given herself as the producer, as the you know the creator of the project. That you're not a star when the movie fucking starts. Right. <laughs> or you're you're <laughs> right. not a celebrity. Right. Like like right. you're allowed to have an innate spark. That's what starts the fire and gets right. them to the heights of success. That's so true. But Barbara is Barbara is the queen of the world from the for, first for the time you meet her. It begins, yeah. Yeah, and and it's for for me it's like Barbara just grafted herself onto Esther in a mm. way that is both distracting for me and not compelling in terms of a character arc. Like she has so many good moments in the movie. And I think there's some there's some smart cuts in the movie. But I mean, it's I never I never really knew The star Esther. is never As, born. Th- there were at, like it's there. I Esther I never knew Esther Hoffman. Yeah. It was always fucking Barbara. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I don't think Barbara's a good actor. I think she's I think she's fine. She's a she's an unparalleled singer and she's charismatic as an actor, but I don't think she has any sort of like depth. Yeah. I'm not willing to put myself... I'm not brave enough to, to put myself on the record She's here. a bird of prey. Talons for fingers. Well, which I... And that's what I texted you guys. I love so much that she doesn't ha- She doesn't need guitar picks because she strums with her fingernails. Yeah. Uh, love that detail. I'm just like... <laughs> the, the whole... I mean... And I we, mean, she has a very famous quote of, why would I listen to them? That's not my line. Like... <laughs> right. That's, that's how Barbara acts. She's the star. We'll talk about that. I, I also know that on the main event, she, like, I forget who directed that, but they were going for a very moody aesthetic, and she was, she basically, like, called the studio in to, like, get a key light on her face, <laughs> and was just like, this is not how this movie Imagine, being shot. imagine Barbara Streisand in the <laughs> Diane Keaton role in The Godfather. I know. <laughs> every, there's, like, every scene is pitch black, and then there's the moon <laughs> in the scene with Babs's face. It was always 
gotta see Barbara's face. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. If it was Barbara doing Diane Keaton at the end of The Godfather, like mm. the door would close and she would just be like, ah! like <laughs> She'd push her way back in. <laughs> She'd open the door back. Her in. foot just jams <laughs> through the door. What are you guys doing? <laughs> what? Um... <laughs> Okay, so let's flash forward to Cradley Boopers. Don't count me out. To 2018. Uh, to 2018, the current year, uh, the year that uh, we learned that we're all dying soon. Um, no, no, the year that we learned that we're dying sooner than we thought. Yeah. Correct, yes. Um, I want to uh, open it up with a question. I love a prompt, Brandon. What's everyone's favorite song? Stop it. <laughs> song or musical number in the movie? I'll go first. I'm basic. It's, both. it's shallow for both. And for me, I, I, it's basic, let's whatever. Do, let's shallow do for both. Because I do diff- have, I do have different things. answers. Yes. For but... song, mm-hmm. it's Is That All Right? Mm-hmm. For musical number, it's shallow. Brandon, how about yourself? I hope everyone can pick up you flapping your lip <laughs> like the vampire in trouble every day. You know what? I'm going to be unconventional. Ooh, and since y'all it. both said shallow, I'm going to say musical moment in the movie. In the, in the move me musical moment. I mean, in the this, move uh, me. this is. I, I do think that it would be smart to start calling this a move me. <laughs> it is a move me. I didn't cry, but it is a move me. Um, I didn't cry. Um, I never cry. <laughs> it's not a line of the movie. Can we? Wait. Let I me. Say, no, I just. Okay, go, and then I have just, a tangent. Great. Let me just quickly say. Okay. Um, remember us this way. That's her on Amazing. the piano, right? Amazing. Yes, the piano moment. Yep. I think it's. I mean, it's not, but it's almost. That's in not a way, the piano moment of. Um, Am I alone in my house? No, no, no. But yeah. the when I'm she, alone in my it's her house. Performs on, the piano. on yeah, stage yeah, I, with that yeah, yeah. big ballad where the where the manager's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yes. I think he's so bad. Because Shallow was so hyped up for me and like, well, uh, remember us this way affected me more because Shallow was basically already ruined, right? Okay. And then for actual song, Heal Me. I don't know, Heal Me. Oh. Heal Me really, Heal Me's good too. It's good. It's, it's I like best, all the songs in this the movie. Be- best the alley pop song to me. I, I think it's uh Ass and Jeans. No, the other one, Heads Back, Face, Arms. Legs, Head, arms, hair, limbs, hair, I believe it. I, hair, yeah, body, but I don't face. think that it would really be fair for Gaga to get any sort of original song consideration for this because it is secretly an adaptation of Head, Shoulders, Knees and Toes. Yes. What I True. <laughs> What I what I will say is <laughs> Remember Us This Way is the most is the most gaga song. Like yeah. that's a song that it's you and when I. she's performing it she's, on it, the piano. It is you and I, and I had the same thought watching I it. I feel like I was at that a Arizona Gaga Sky. concert. Do, do. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. Like it felt like I was taken out of the in a no, this sounds like it's a bad thing, but like I was taken out of the movie and watching like a Lady Gaga concert. Lady Gaga. Anyway, what's your tangent? Gaga. Oh, my tangent is just whether or not you cried in a movie doesn't make it better or worse. Can we all stop using that as a metric? No, that I, I mean, agree with. We've that. Been, I know. We've been, it depends been, on your mood when you go yeah, into the movie. We've been doing it as a metric here forever, pretty tongue in cheek. Yeah. I was extremely moved by this movie, and I was welling up with tears. I was never sobbing. Yeah. But I was moved more than I was in eighth grade, in which I was sobbing. Right. You know, I, I was like, there are just so many factors and yeah. it's not like, it just, I also was like experience. It's just, yeah, like, I agree. It just, I, you're like, I am a crier. I am chemically wired to cry. Mm-hmm. 
And that doesn't mean that every single fucking movie I cry in is a good movie. Right. Well, you so don't know how you're going to be feeling when you go into the yeah, movie. Exactly. I mean, some, when I'm really raw, I mean, I'm, I will always think about when Ben and I saw The Florida Project together because it is the first time that I really felt like my face melted. Mm. And Ben and I... Like I was trying to for like trying to pressure us into not seeing the movie. Like I remember we were like sitting outside the movie theater, like unsure if we were going to get in for this pre-screening, and I was in such a foul mood because of whatever was going on with me that day and that week, and I was like, I was just very raw, and so I fucking wept. Yeah, and I don't have eyes anymore. Right, and that's fine. Like and and it like, was just a catharsis. Yes, for. And possibly which is, which unrelated is, emotions. But then I saw it again on a better day and I still wept. Right. But like there are there are It's not a, a sound metric. Call yeah. call me by your name. Um well we don't I don't need to I don't need to <laughs> give a field report from every time I've cried in a movie in the last year. But uh that is when every time I've watched it, I've been in a completely different space and I cry at the same moments every time. Mm. And because I'm someone who's always in my head, when I'm getting to the moment I'm like you're not going to be able to cry because I'm telling you right now, like, like I'm taking you out of the movie and because you're going to, because sort of to Ben's point, like you're going to fool yourself into thinking the movie doesn't hold up because you don't cry in the same way. And then when I'm midway through this thought, I noticed that like my cheeks are soaking wet. Crying. <laughs> An example of this is uh, I didn't cry during A Star is Born, but I like teared up during like the final act of Apollo 13. And it's mm. like, Apollo well, you know thir- why? Apollo 13. You know why though? That I have a clear answer. What? You know where you were. Alone in You my- were alone <laughs> in your house. I hate you. True. But like Apollo 13 is not a more moving motion picture than, well, maybe this. It's than more a manipulative, Star which. Yeah, it's more manipulative. But it's as we've spoken about around Steven Spielberg, manipulation is a talent when yeah. it comes to filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron Howard, anyway, I'm not talking Ron about Howard has a very <laughs> spotty track record, but Apollo, th- I guess we're talking about that yeah, next I'm week, not but talking Apollo 13 keep, is good. I keep bringing up Apollo, I'm done, I'm done, okay. You have a hair on your chin, could you remove yeah, it, please. because it will bother me yeah. for an hour. By the way, Brandon, Kathleen, <laughs> just Ka- Kathleen Quinlan in Apollo 13, oh. she's alone in a house! She is! Okay, That's we're done Laura talking. Linney in Oh my god! This is not... Chesley! This is not I'm alone in my house! Not the first van episode. Uh, Jesus Christ. I can't wait to tweet that. <laughs> uh, I don't know where to go next with uh, this movie. Well, let's, let's stay on tears. Let's stay on shallow. So I... Um, Gonna have a puff. The re- shallow is... Let's talk about shallow shot by shot. Okay. <laughs> From we, the top of the, the sequence. Sure. Let's do it. I mean, she okay, she walks into the kitchen. You're late. And what? He's like, you're fucking late. And she's like, what? <laughs> so I don't think I can do it in the I think that she Gaga, like, we can talk about how Gaga is doing Cher. We can talk about how Gaga is doing Madonna. We can talk about how Gaga is doing Judy or Babs. I think she's doing Marissa Tomei. Oh, sure. For this movie. And, and, we, and, we can, and we can point to, to reasons why, if you look at her music, where Madonna has been a clear influence, and when she is about to step out in this big way, she's probably yeah. thinking about that. She's thinking about Moonstruck, even though, of course, Moonstruck is not a big debut like this is. Um, not literally her debut, but we all know it. The people who are like, actually, Machete Kills. It's like, okay, we all we all know. We all right. know. That's me. Um, but, but, but that's sort of like... <laughs> That like Italian like street gusto, yeah. Um, and when she punches a cop square in the face, uh, it doesn't so feel out of place. And for me anyway, that's not like a yas gaga. I'm like Ali, I know this girl now. You know, I just think that she has such a grit and an authenticity to a lot of this performance, but especially yeah. when we're just getting to know her, which is something I love so much about this performance is that Gaga is is tracing a full arc, 
even when there are patches in the movie that aren't giving her the the um, expositional framework yeah. or or a scene that we would all be bored by where she admits that she's not really sure about Cradley right now. Like I get a complete arc from her from the beginning to the end, but in the, and I think grounding it as grounding her as a real person in the beginning is key to it. I'm curious if it was the same for y'all, but like the first time she opens her mouth or when she's like, man, and like screams ah, in the bathroom so good. and it's so good. But then also when, when she's like, she's like, yeah, I'm actually like a waitress. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm from the street. Yeah. Like people in my audience are chuckling because they weren't expecting Gaga to be doing this character. They're also just chuckling at the fact that it is Gaga. And it was really fun the two times I saw this movie to listen to my audience relax into the character. Simmer down, but also get more invested. And I'm not interested whatsoever in having a conversation about whether this movie is camp, but whatever people have expectations of what the movie might be, right? And so like listening to how people in the two times I saw it hooked into what the experience the movie was actually trying to give, like right. a more authentic emotional experience, whether or not it succeeded is not, you know, I think it did, but you can feel separately. I'm not even saying that we all diverge on that. Like you can not like the movie. That's fine. Um, but on the whole, it was really interesting to listen to the audience get invested audibly. I was surprised how funny and light, like the first portion of it is like mm-hmm. in the drag club like with Shangela and Willem Willem's like, great I've never liked never liked Willem more. oh I love Willem never liked and Willem more. Willem is a star it's so funny I don't care just as long as you're looking at me mm-hmm. the straight men in my audience today loved that have you read the Willem thing about RuPaul like him talking about his experience on the show and like basically you maybe have told me but explains why explain? he's a shit on the show just I think I remember those. Do you want to, we, we've got, we have, what, four and a half hours? Go for it. No, I don't remember the details well okay. enough to okay. get into it. But he said his experience on the show, and it was That there was basically a point of him just being like, well. I'm going to sleep with my boyfriend. <laughs> uh, basically, like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. That was just the lie that they told. The, his husband oh, that wasn't never happened? Really around. No. Oh, it's so hurtful when I call him a boyfriend, but until Willem's husband acts like his husband, I'm going to call him Willem's boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, I don't uh, know the drama. No, oh, no, I'm just quoting the, line the film. from Lady Gaga. When, oh, oh. In the tub. When she's alone in the tub. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, God. Oh, that scene. Oh, that scene. That's when the dialogue screeches to a halt for I, me. So, so we, can, we will talk about that scene later because I'm going to defend it. But You're I want, ugly. What? I think it works, but we'll talk. I'd like That's to talk. Fine. I'd I like to no talk about it in that. a little bit. I don't have a problem with, with that. that scene. I love that scene. I have a problem with one moment from that scene. Do we want to do me. this? Let's now? just get into it now. But then I do want to talk about shallow. Um, let's back up, but let's do that first. Yeah, and then you see there are well, there are two moments that this happens in this movie where it's when Gaga calls him who boyfriend, and oh, Gaga at breakfast. When Gaga tells Andrew Dice Clay, eat your dinner, where I... I don't even know what meal it is. I don't see a character messing up. I see Lady Gaga stumbling and re-upping. I think she does that if... Oh, that was 100% a her fucking up her line and they kept it. Yeah. Oh, that's not how I read it. I mean, I, I there's a quality to this performance that I really like, and in, in especially at the end of the film, where we can feel the character either tripping up or performing... And it might come, like when she is delivering that final, those final couple lines on the stage, she's like, I am not sure whether I can 
do this tonight. Like that doesn't that that to me like has this layer of the character the character's insecurities failing her. Hmm. Like where where she is where she is trying to do, we, I can I can watch her trying to perform the role of like the strong widow, for instance. Mm-hmm. And in those scenes I see her like I don't know. I, I, there's a, there's the connection between these, these these examples is essentially like when she trips on herself like that, I can and then sort of recovers. Yeah, I don't know. I just I this char- the character to me like is never speaking. Um, she's never straight up all the time. I guess so. Yeah. Like when she when she's either slipping up or trying to put on a face, I don't see Gaga putting on a face or Gaga slipping up. I really see it as the character. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't I don't see Gaga in this movie. Um, I think she really disappears into it, but I know we don't all agree on that. So can we talk about shallow before we? Yeah, yeah. So you're late. What? And then the drums from the concert start. Uh huh. Yes. And and then they're in the private jet. And we well no, but we then we I'm obsessed with the cross cutting in this movie and the way that it propels this momentum and that Cradley Booper is not afraid to just do little shards and and jagged shots and it's just the insert of the drumsticks like. And it sets this like this staccato like metronome that is sort of like the accelerating heartbeat, right? Um, And then and then yeah, and then we're on the plane, and then we get like a like a like a guitar snarl, like a Mm -hmm. like I love I love like the fuzzy fucking guitars in this movie. They're not the same, but they make me think about the sticky bass in Born This Way. Like there's just something Mm. like so. Um, like not angry, but it just like has sort of a like a like daring you quality to like get on its level, which is tra- slightly transgressive. Yeah, I just like it's it, it's an, it's daring you to be bad, mm-hmm. and I love it. I love the music in this movie. And then, mm-hmm. well, there's the shot that is probably my favorite shot in the movie. Or going like this. No, but I do like. This that. is not a visual medium, Brandon. No, sorry. <laughs> in, um, I like when she covers her mouth when she's singing "Shallow" because she's just so excited and yeah. she can't believe she's doing it, and that's no, my favorite that's, part of the I whole like movie. It's um, when she's still in the kitchen, and there's a shot of her from behind, and she like turns to Anthony Ramos, and she's in profile, and you watch her decide to quit. Yes, I love that too. Oh yeah, and I think that's a great choice for favorite shot because I would have to pick a close up, whatever I whatever I were to pick. Like I love that this movie is predominantly told in close-ups and even in the scenes that are just between two characters when the coverage is just close-up one close-up two maybe an insert down on hands and there might be like it might be a medium close-up and then there might be a bit of a wider shot but it's fairly simple coverage but i think cradley is giving his actors the space to find that emotion and then in the edit there are times when we are quite tight on Gaga and then we, we cut to Cradley and he's much like his face is much smaller in the frame. Like he's still establishing power dynamics in those on paper, pretty straightforward scenes. Mm-hmm. I think, I just think he does a great job with the close up, and I'm so struck. Like I'm, it, it, he strikes me as such a generous director. Um, and obviously as an actor, once he steps into the director's shoes, he's going to prioritize performance, but the way that he's able to ring out, vulnerable authentic emotions from his actors in my opinion um elevates the performances in a way that not a lot of studio movies do anyway mm-hmm. j- to a level just as important as the cinematography or the editing or the direction or the sound like i think that his a star is born gets a gets a lot of points from me for and yeah sure he's an actor but for reminding the audience that performance you need to be considering performance in the same way that you're considering cinematography right yeah yeah, I mean, so he, I love that pick because I love that the 
watching that on Gaga's face. Yeah. And it's only like in a few seconds. It's yeah. not overdone. Mm-hmm. But she couldn't have made that decision, like that sort of, as the, the performer, as the character, I don't think she'd be able to render that decision so quickly if she didn't feel completely safe to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, with her director. And, you know, like, you know, there's 99, there's 100 shots we could talk about. And 99 of those shots might not be any good. But only one of those shots, only one of those shots has to matter. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, No, I agree with everything you're saying about performance. I mean, Cradley is going to direct himself to an Oscar win. And honestly, I'm very excited. I I think he's he's what surprised me the most about this movie. I wasn't surprised, but he was still my favorite performance in the movie. Me too. And, and I will say, Ben and I, this is the first conversation I've had about this movie because I refuse to engage online about this mm-hmm. and because it's not actually a conversation about the movie for the most part. Not you accept it, honestly. But I mean, I have mostly been responding to yeah. the discourse. The, the, I'm like not talking about the movie mostly. Oh, okay. Well, I, did, I mean, that's what I think. Then maybe I'm just thinking about what you have said, like would the seconds that we talked about this at Akbar mm-hmm. the other day. Um, and. I was, you know, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't. Most of my public outrage is about the discourse. Yeah, and we'll do a, we'll do a bonus episode on the discourse. Yeah. I'm, I'm, no. I, we'll do a bonus episode on the discourse. Um, no. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get bogged down in it in this moment. But Ben, I said to Ben at Akbar, Ben was saying like, what Gaga is doing here is not even close to what Glenn is doing in The Wife, and it's not the type of acting I respond to. And I said that I thought Gaga was better than Glenn. And I don't think that. Seeing it again, I'm still pretty, pretty blown away by Gaga. But mm-hmm. I think that, I think that, I'm not sure that Glenn could play this role. But I know that at this point, as Gaga. an actress, Gaga could not play that role. Right. right. And that's not a knock on Gaga. This is her first real meaty mm-hmm. film role. But she, Gaga, is asked to do more reaction. Um, it's it's a I think it's a very internal performance, but it's like that shot when we see her make the decision. Like it's the mm-hmm. we get such a rush of watching her feel things, and a lot of Glenn as a performer is on concealment yeah. and a much slower drip of emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that's also just like you know being gay and loving divas. Like we love we love seeing a hard decision being made in an instant or two, yeah. like on one of our ladies' faces, right? Um, so I'm I'm predisposed to like loving that Gaga. Is what doing makes that, it but... for me is like just the rhythm. That whole sequence just has a rhythm that works for me better than the rest of the movie. Totally. And I mean, it's, it's like, the best part of the movie. It is totally transcendent. It, um, to quote Michael Koreski's review, it is the one moment of the yet. movie that stops it. It defies narrative logic and becomes a movie musical. Yes, I agree with that. And. Uh, it has so that is my favorite shot but my favorite moment of Lady Gaga's acting is three minutes later when Bradley sings the first line of Shallow mm-hmm. and you see on her face the the feeling of oh my god I wrote this song and it's being sung yes. at a stadium right now and in that yeah. moment she has already decided she's not going to go on stage so she's just like reveling in the fact that she gets she has a song being sung mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i agree it's, with that it's very emotional to what me. i find so emotional about the scene is the combination of creative recognition creative collaboration and the ecstasy of having your talent being believed in mm-hmm. the reason why i do tear up in that scene like i'm Again, I'm not weeping and tears aren't a metric, but the reason why that's the scene that actually does get water coming out of my eyes 
is because more than just what's going on musically, this is the moment that both of them decide that they're going to trust each other to fall in love. Yeah. And that actually is why this movie is... I, we don't need to explain this joke. This the three of us are just get a good laugh out of it. The reason why this movie feels like a tonic to me, and mm-hmm. in, in our in our dark troubled times, mm-hmm. is that it's a movie about it's a movie about music. It's a music about talent, but it's also a movie about love. And obviously, all of the Star Is Born films ultimately, and you know, I've got it written down. I'll look it up later. But the line in uh, in Judy's A Star Is Born when she essentially says like, "What if love isn't enough?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it ends up not being enough. Right. Um, but that 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 deciding to do something crazy, crazier than like going in front of a crowd of thirty thousand people and singing words that you've only sung in a Super A Foods parking lot, mm-hmm. is that they are now going to trust each other enough yeah. to see what happens and that's the combination of those two things like fuses the creativity and the love story yeah and and we can i don't know if this is the right moment to bring it up but the reason why one of the reasons why i don't have really much of a problem in the back half of this film except that i think the movie should be 25 minutes longer is that nothing ever feels that good again because that's as good as it was ever going to be Mm -hmm. He is brought down by himself and, you know, enablers. And she is brought down by a system that wants to turn her into someone she's not. But it's not a movie that is saying anything like about like that art, that that pop is inferior to like rock and roll country. It's about how women are treated in the music industry and how yeah. they and this is something that all of the Star is Born films have, have touched on. Like, yeah. I see, this is the one thing I'll say about the discourse, but when I see people getting upset that her hair is orange because it wouldn't be orange, I'm like, that's not the fucking point. Like, you watch A Star is Born and Judy looks like a mannequin in that makeup. Right. It's exaggerated. Like, right. it's supposed to be. It's mm-hmm. about how women in this industry, in the music industry, in the film industry, are manufactured into be something they're not. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's your definition of what that celebrity should look like. The right. whole idea is the trans the forced transformation right. anyway i kind of love how fuzzy and and disparate and jagged the film gets as it goes on and we can i can talk about what another thing i like about it but the movie just feels like a punch in the gut to me the longer it goes on because you want to get back to the ecstasy of that moment mm-hmm. but it's not going to come back and it's also of course this movie is a melodrama like it's designed to hurt like that right like it we're, it's designed not to give us the resolution that we want it's right. designed to be tragic it's designed to be histrionic right so i i think it's actually daring structurally to fracture his narrative as he goes along and this frustration of wanting to see them together again and wanting to just like have a private moment together that that's not when he's in rehab and that that's like that satisfaction never comes yeah. to me just bolsters the power of the film because the relationship fractures. It's a tragedy. Right. Like, I don't know. So I, I completely understand people's problems with it. I don't have that problem yeah. because the sadness and frustration that I feel about not getting back to that electric moment in shallow to me is part of the point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need that emotion to be repeated, but for me, it is that I want to watch from Gaga's point of view, and we don't really, right. what's happening to the relationship. It's pretty much... It becomes It his. becomes his movie, and yeah. we watch him lose her, and I want to watch her lose herself. Right. And, like, it doesn't hurt me. I'm bored. Mm. Like, I am just... I'm yeah. just like, okay, when does he kill himself? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I I feel that. I wish it was, you do lose her, 
which is the point, but I f- it would have been better. If there it was a came way from... to watch Gaga lose herself. I think that is a more accomplished film. I have in the hands of a better filmmaker. Yeah, I have a lot of problems with the Grammy scene, but one in particular is that it would hit harder for me if we were in Gaga's perspective. I more. I want to enter the Grammys with Gaga. I Wait, agree with you. I want to. Oh. Oh, yeah. And we okay. join her already in the seat. Yes. No, I agree. I, I clocked that, too. I, I agree with that. It's very... It's weird. I, yeah, it I doesn't work for me. It it still ends up working for me. I get frustrated as a viewer because that's a moment where I still think you can, you can, um, you can satisfy your structural goals that I was just laying out. I think you can still do that and go into the awards with her, spend more time with her and her dad, with her and, like, Dice on the way in and then in her seat and then... I don't need to see Bradley walk onto the stage, even though it's sort of a repeated visual refrain through it. Like we cut from him leaving the house to him behind the stage. And I'm, right. and I, and I definitely want to beat there. But I think that, I think that Gaga is given those moments of her own agency, her own introspection at the beginning of the film. As it goes on, when we do get any glimpse of that, she is apologizing for Cradley. Mm-hmm. Um, she's deluding herself about Cradley. She's making excuses for Cradley. Mm-hmm. And then eventually gets sick of Cradley. And I think that that makes... I, I think that it's almost... I don't mean this in a, in a disrespectful way. I think it's almost some sort of wish fulfillment to want her to not have those objectives when this is how I feel like partners of... You don't have, it doesn't have to be an addict or an alcoholic, but a partner who is swallowing all of the oxygen in the room in the mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. And the movie is a relationship movie for me just as much as it is a movie about fame or music sure. or talent or celebrity. So I, again, I wish the movie was 25 minutes longer and I would welcome more scenes. It should be Gaga. longer. And, I would, and I'm sure they shot it. At the pace that it is established in the first 45 minutes it should be at but least again, two and a half yeah because but the again second act actually i don't feels... necessarily feel that way because i think that the structure of the first 45 minutes and the pace of the first 45 minutes is not meant to be replicated on the back half i think that you're getting intentionally disparate rhythms in those checks i understand what you're saying and i think that it should be longer yeah. because i would love more insight um but the rhythms in the back half completely work for me on the the heartbreak level that i was talking about and the fact that they're just not going to get back yeah, you know what, what what they had not because they're not in love, but because of right. a million other factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I wish the back half was longer too. I I don't I don't mind the back half as much as other people. I probably lean toward more more toward you, Daniel, just because I texted this to you guys. But I think um, the male protagonist is usually the most un like the least interesting part of all the stars is borns. Mm-hmm. And this is the first one IMO that actually makes good use of the male character and actually makes him more compelling mm-hmm. and actually a sad, empathetic figure. So the fact that it pivots more toward him in the second half, like doesn't bother me as much. Cause he's actually like, and like to like, that point, what I like, one of the reasons I think, Judy is the best is I mean, and I think best. I think we all agree yeah, yeah. it's but the best because I think James Mason's mm. like it's the most mm. equally like emotionally yes. involving for me sure. and like yeah. specifically there's a moment I bet you love after you I'm gonna bring it up after okay. this specifically that uh 
I don't see him ever being jealous of her. He's sad that his own star is fading, but he doesn't blame her, and he's never jealous of her success. He wants... He just wants them both to be successful. I I get hints of jealousy in the James Mason performance, Mm. but I also see him fighting hard to beat that back. Like, in the the music... Does he get the package... Because in all the old versions, yeah. he gets the package and they no, say, like, who are you his, again? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I, Mr. Lester. I, I, so there's the tinge oh, of yeah. jealousy there's, there. But yeah. you're right. He's beating it back. Yeah. I think he, that's he doesn't I, what want I'm responding to. I think that I think that you could hardly ask for a more challenging task as an actor to match Judy Garland in the somewhat culturally problematic, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not the, somewhat. The uh, song. The song, yeah. the, the, the around the world song. Yeah, in, it's in a the little room. problematic. How the hell are you supposed to match her? Yeah. And the way that James Mason does it is he is enthralled by her mm-hmm. and he's also terrified by her. Yeah. And watching him fight between his giddiness over this incredible performer and the fact that he, that he loves her and she loves him and that yeah. they are in their living room right now and then they're alone in I'm, their house. He also starts drinking. Thank you. <laughs> yes. They are alone in their house. Also, what sandwich are they eating? It's That's all lettuce. Huge, just yeah. like, it's all I guess lettuce. My face, I guess my mouth won't fit around it. But at the end of that scene, he starts drinking again. Yeah. That's like he yeah. lo- he loses the battle. Right. That's how that's how you match Judy Garland is you have that internal battle. Going back to Cradley Boopers, the star is born really quick. Um, well, we can stay there. Oh, right. We're still on that the, part. The we ba- have four hours. The back half, I actually do agree with both of you that it should be longer. Um, for every every stars is borns iteration, the back half always feels like next thing you know, they're a star, yeah. and that's and my that's my one problem the with ball. the Janet Gaynor version is we never see her doing being a star. You know what I mean? Yes, like, absolutely. Doing stars. Yeah. She's never. She's <laughs> never. And and like Gaga, the Gaga version, you see it. Like she yeah. she's becoming a pop star. And the Judy version, you obviously see it. Like it's yeah. so clear. The Barbara version, you don't. Um, <laughs> she's already Barbara. Yeah, she's just Barbara go. the whole time. Um, but again, I had the same problem as I do with the other Stars Is Borns, where it's like, okay, suddenly we're at an award show. Suddenly she's up for an award. Mm-hmm. And when fucking Halsey says, oh, that's nice. It's like, we're already at this moment and I wish, I wish there was just like one yeah. more beat. Yeah. But that's I, how I feel about like all of them. This is, except maybe the Judy one. This to that me, there should just be one more beat before. And maybe that beat would have been following Gaga into the Grammys. Maybe we don't even need another scene before that. Yeah. yeah. Just something. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say, I, I will say, uh, I, will I agree say. with you about Janet Gaynor when you're on the metric of watching them be a star in terms of watching them work their craft. I think the reason why, and I, I agree with you on that completely. I think that's a good observation. But I think about that scene with Janet and Frederick Marsh in the kitchen when like they're breaking all the plates and like the oh, like the screwball uh-huh. oven and the way that mm-hmm. Janet is playing off of Frederick. Uh-huh. It's moments like that as Esther that I think you see the star being born. Mm. Oh, sure. In a way yeah. that Barbara fails to do because she is being so screwball wisecracker in those offstage scenes yeah. that it doesn't feel grounded in what's going on. Yeah. Janet Gaynor is exercising some classic Hollywood... Um, uh, uh, this isn't the right word, but just like acrobatics, for lack of a better word. Sure. Like she's playing within, these, within the mode um, in a way that Barbara isn't in her... like new Hollywood movie. Right. Which is not what movie they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but Janet shines in, in, in the way that you expect like a star to shine. 
as Esther, not as Esther the person, not Esther the, as right. as Esther, not Vicky. It's right. funny you bring up the plates because when I was watching that scene, I was like, ah, I hope Cradley just breaks some plates with mm. Gaga. <laughs> as if if Cradley, if we could go back in time, we need to make sure we need to put in the boudoir in Cradley's Blu-ray player the night before <laughs> he submits his draft. Um. We're an hour in. Do we need to stay on Cradley, or do we need to move to the? Let's. We're sort of I've, still in. I've the got mode. more to say about Cradley. Yeah. What's um. I, well, here, I, actually, this this is well. T- are you? Oh, I thought you had put a piece of tape over your mouth. It's just the drawstring <laughs> from your hoodie. Yeah. Ben is done. He's putting. Ben a mic- is back. Ben is done. It it almost looks like a it almost looks like a, an eyelash made out of tape. So I want to I want to do my best. I want to do my best in expressing what I mean here. So. As I put on the record here, I, I, I feel and I agree with the, I, I feel the idea and I agree with the idea that the back half, I, I would like the back half to have more scenes. I, I, I would like to have more time with Gaga, even though I do think structurally, structurally advantages the tragedy of the film that uh, Cradley is building. I would like to have, I would just like to have a little bit more here. And I feel like there was, like, I feel like there is a lot on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. And this might be an example where I do buy the DVD for the new film for the deleted scenes, mm. which I haven't done since like Rat Race. Like, Hell but yeah. for this movie, Rat Race. But for this movie, I just feel like, or, or um, like, so Boogie Nights is a great example. Have you guys ever seen the deleted scenes in Boogie Nights? Mm. There are so many more strands of narrative going on in that thing. But it for me, it totally works as is. There's a lot going on with, um, uh, with with one of the other women. Um, God damn it. I can't remember the character's name. Uh, Becky Barnett. So Becky Barnett has a whole other through line, like a whole other strand of story in Boogie Nights about an abusive husband, about leaving the family. Um, That was supposed to be just as much in the tragic back half. Right. But it's not. You watch the deleted scenes, you get get a clear idea of where that narrative was, but the film works without it. Yeah. So you want more Andrew Dice Clay scenes. No, but but I, (laughs) I wouldn't mind them. Actually, one of the things that I love about Cradley Booper's A Star is Born is how it fleshes out all the supporting characters, not as power hungry studio heads with you know no offense brandon but i was glad mm. that wow that my part got cut i was glad, well i mean i'm sure that you were resurrected watching shallow like you're just like all of a sudden like there's ten thousand people in the crowd and then there's ten thousand and one like in the Man. background it's like you as carrie like reaching out of the earth chomping on the um cigar. but i appreciate how this movie illustrates the impact that their relationship uh both as a romance and as a t- as a creative partnership yeah. has ripple effects on their own bases, on their own family and friends. I love, and again, it's, I'm trying not to be a broken record about it. I think we've done a pretty good job so far, but how generous Cradley is in giving attention to Andrew Dice Clay and in his in his you know, like precious moments, like Sam, Sam Elliott, Elliott, of course. So we I guess we have to talk about. Um, but I want. Oh. I, <laughs> That's the only place I'll jump on you. <laughs> I, I'm, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. I'm not. It's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not good at. I'm not a brevity guy. I'm not good at it, and it's my fatal flaw. Apart from that, I'm like all right, but I, I'm long winded and I hate myself for it because um, I just get excited. But I so so I want more. At the same time, I think because of the strength of the direction in this film and the intimacy that he builds between actors, whether it's him and Gaga, whether it's Gaga and Dice, whether it's him and Chappelle. Chappelle's a great example. Why that oh, is Chappelle? We don't we don't need that scene and like we don't need that scene in the movie, mm-hmm. especially if you consider in the trailer when he's like, "It's the first time I'm worried about you." That beat doesn't happen. We, I mean, the scene's beautiful because oh. the, the whole the whole extended metaphor about like. 
anchoring your ship and, mm-hmm. and realizing that this is a port you were only supposed to stay a few days. And like, right. that's something that is, com- un- unless you're making a movie about like love, about romance, you don't need it. Like that mm-hmm. would be fat, but Cradley knows that those moments are important to flesh out the heart of this thing. And I still haven't gotten to my point. So let me just go for it here. I think that in the bathtub scene, for instance, when they're fighting um, and he calls her ugly and he's getting upset about the Grammy nomination. That's like the one scene that doesn't work for me. So when I, when this scene first started, I have to say that sort of I was seeing a red flag. And I was like, I don't like, I don't know how we got here exactly. I feel mm. like I'm missing a scene. Yeah. I'm missing a beat where this happens. Mm-hmm. But because I believe so, I believe so much of what the actors are giving me and their and and the connection that they're on in that moment and yeah. the tension and the and the toxic chemistry, I don't need another scene. I get it. Like their performances bring me to where I need to be in the narrative. Yeah. And that feels so rare to me in, in studio films, especially, but also like, you know, we can talk about how more studio films should be like this, or we can just talk about how more films should be like this period. Um, in terms of the performances are pushing the narrative more than the architecture around them. Yeah. And that scene to me is so integral to that. So in that back half, yes, I wish there were more scenes. I would like, I'd, it would probably be a five star movie for me, if I'm being honest, if there was just a little bit more, mm-hmm. But I don't feel like I'm missing anything integral to the plot because I'm still getting the meat and the theme and how and the hurt of all of the characters because of the performances yeah. and the intimacy that Cradley Booper builds and just the heart that they're giving and the trust that he's given in his act or the actors have given him. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't ultimately don't need that extra stuff. Sure. But I do want it, but I don't need it. You'll buy the DVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In conclusion. In conclusion. I'm leaving now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what was I, gonna say? I like the acting in that scene. That's really? one of I think that's one of Gaga's better scenes. I do too. I think to counter your point, I felt like I did need one more thing to happen to get me there because when they were there, I wasn't there with them yet. I mean, and it, I it was, took me a second. I was taken aback. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just loved the magic trick or just the act of feeling actors pulling me into the scene. When, when, like, when I felt like I was a step behind, I was pulled up to where I needed to be in the narrative because of because the, of or that. because See, of the think, urgency of those performances. I think it is there. She gets home, it's in the morning, and he's wasted. Like, that's all I need to get to that. He moment. just, he seems so, he seems so apologetic and mm. downtrodden in yeah. that moment. And of course, but she's like, been up all night. Of course. And, and, and he's alone in her house. Correct. She wishes she was alone in her house <laughs> at that moment. Oh. Bradley was alone in the house, and he wishes he was still alone in the house. I wish I had seen it again. I think I was like half asleep the whole. Well, movie. I'll tell you, I liked and it. Not late. I liked it a lot more the first time because I, 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 I talked about it. I think on here, I have a hard time watching movies in the middle of the day because I'm still very much in my day, mm. and so, you know, and it's been a fucking. I mean. God, it's been a hard couple of days for everybody. So I was in the movie, but couple that with I just watched, like, I just watched Barbara and I just watched Judy and I had seen it before. <laughs> like, like Brandon said when he watched the movie for the first time, he was expecting every beat. He was just like, "All right, let's get to yeah. it." Like, I know this can happen. So I'm watching it again this time, and I was able to just like, like dig into the scenes themselves That's why a little I bit more. Need to see it again. So I was able to dig into the scenes a little bit more, but I will say that I. I had a much more overwhelmed reaction the first time I saw it. But of course yeah. that's basically with it's not, it's not a perfect movie. It's a yeah. movie I happen to love and, and love just as much the second time around. Mm-hmm. But there was part of me that wondered, like if I had seen this movie again and felt every single emotion the same way I had felt it the first time, 
it might be a Titanic movie for me. Sure. But it, it's it's not for me. I, I mean, four and a half stars. I'm high on the film, but it's You're not. You're high, baby. My biggest problem with the pacing issue in the second half mm-hmm. is I, and it's part of, like, things that I don't really want to talk about on the mic is, but I just don't buy that he kills himself at that emotional moment in this arc we need 15 more minutes of him Odd. falling. I just don't. I, just, I would welcome him. I would welcome him. I just them. don't get it. I would I welcome truly, him. Yeah, it seems like you guys have the same problem. You I, just want more. I want more. I truly, I'm just like, the manager says, like, you're bad for Allie's career and you kill your, I just, I don't. I truly. But that's but, not what it is. But, but that's the same trapping of every single but I, a star is but, but I buy it from their performance. The reason why is because okay. in this one okay. he's got a smarmy British accent yeah. and I just want to like shake Cradley and be like dude lose the liver puddlian. Mm-hmm. I mean Cradley is following Get Paul Mazursky <laughs> beat for beat the 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 the, the structure What we don't and, get but in that's, this though. That's that's where he kills himself when he's told you are burdening her. What we don't get in this movie is enough of him falling career wise. In my oh, opinion, but, okay, career okay, wise. we don't see that. That's fair, right. but you see more him personally, personally falling emotionally. You hear yeah. about that he is been suicidal in the past. I agree. From yes. the Sam Elliott it, scene. It's actually right. an inversion I really like in this film, especially compared to Chris Christopherson, who in every single scene he's in does something stupid. Mm-hmm. He drives a motorcycle off a stage. He forgets the words. He ends the show early. It's so ham-fisted and hack the Babs version when it comes to illustrating him as an alcoholic, as a reckless individual, someone who has no sense of responsibility and someone who hates themselves. And so that further fuels this need to destroy himself and everyone around him. But in every single one of those scenes with Chris Christopherson, like I said, he does something, he does something crazy and it doesn't work because it's the same beat again and again. And, and also like his music is not so good, sort of similar. I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that they knew it, but like, Chris Christopherson's music and A Star is Babs reminds me of the dresses in Phantom Thread where it's like, mm. like 80% there. <laughs> but like 20% of that music is really fucking bad. <laughs> and occasionally like you'll see a dress in Phantom Thread where it's like, you're Reynolds, you are behind the times. You are behind the times, right? But anyway, with this movie, I think it's a clever inversion to not, like he is at the height of his career. It's not his creative drive that takes a dip it's not it's, the, his, I, it's his it's his own psyche. It, it's his own demons that, right. that that drag him down um and and i I'll, I'll 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 double back to the suicide of it all um i in in cradley's performance i see him i see him most depressingly like most strikingly in the scene with gaga at at, at, at rehab when he is apologizing for the Grammys moment. And it's clear that this is the only thing he has been thinking about, not just like every day, but every moment of every day, not just, and it's not about how he's humiliated himself. It's about he, how he's dragged her down, Mm -hmm. how he's going to keep her from, I mean, he believes in her so much. And I like, God, like I'm getting a little, like not choked up, but I'm feeling the emotions swell inside of me because the, the care that Cradley, dem- the care that Cradley projects towards Gaga in this movie mm-hmm. is so sensitive and, and so striking in that way and so poignant and it really comes from a deep place in my opinion. But that's why he's so, that's why, the reason why he kills himself is it's not because someone said to him like, you're going to ruin this for her. He's not only, like he's thought that 
like I said, every single moment since it happened, he's been at rehab and he's trying yeah. to get himself back in shape, but he's doing it so he won't do that again. And absolutely, the the smarmy the smarmy Liverpudlian manager saying you're going to ruin this for her is what you know what sets that off. But it's all it's not just that; it's also him pointing to the glass of sparkling water and saying, "While well, this lasts." And I, you know, I've never been to rehab. Like, I've never been confronted about any addictions of my own. But I, it's such a crushing moment to me watching it on Cradley's face. Yeah. Him trying so hard to to change himself, to not get in the way of this person. And then also for himself, as far as the drinking is concerned, that whether or not, whether or not I want another beat, I just see it register on Cradley's face that no matter how hard he tries... It's just not going to happen. And then in that scene with Gaga in the bedroom, I think that he, when he says that he's going to come to the show, he means he's going to come to the show. Hmm. But I think that that set, set him off on a spiral and he gets in the car and then he takes the pills like, which is, which, and once he does that, he's not sober anymore. Like he's already, he, he's, he has, he has proven to himself that he is not the man that he thought he was as soon as he takes those pills, whether or not that's accurate, that I think that's how he's, Going, going over in his head. And that's the suicide for me is about him feeling a personal failure. And that especially once he's taken the pills that, that it is inevitable that it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. So it works for me. I want more, but it works for me on that level. But I, I'm going to cut this, not, not, not cut it from the podcast, but I'm just going to cut sincerity, which I love about this movie, but I don't, I don't like being sincere fucking manager like Mm -hmm. it's one thing and it's such like it's how did he mess this up how did bradley mess this up yeah it's so like it's such a cliche like like the accent the the britishness like the Mm -hmm. the liver puddly and accent like come on like why not make it like sort of like a you know like a snake charmer or or a um or or that's not the right word like a um mephistopheles character you know like make it sort of a what that means just like a if 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 there's any sort of like deal with the devil going on, shouldn't he be like make him charming in a way that's gonna make us surprised when he does mm. something bad? Mm. As soon as he opens his mouth, you're like, that's the guy who's gonna who's right. gonna ruin it for her. Right. The manager. Yeah. I mean, the whole manager saying thing to Cradley leads to his death. For me, is just Cradley following. The structure of every other and that too. star is born right. ever. All made. I'm trying to say is like literally he, like guy says you're gonna ruin this kill self like right. that's just because of I how, think it's the tra- not a trapping but it's a trapping of being a star is born. I movie. think that Cradley, Cradley could have chosen to update that to update yeah. it, and I was actually surprised watching this version that it wasn't more updated that Cradley actually does truly follow it beat for beat mm-hmm, yeah. to the very end. And I, that surprised me. I actually. think that Cradley's sensitivity and sincerity rounds out a lot of those edges for me. Like that's what he brings to this version. Yeah. And it, that's it is formulaic. Yeah. Absolutely. But he is able for me to make it feel like it is unfolding in real time based mm-hmm. on real emotions totally. in, in an organic yeah. way. Yeah. And, and that's thanks and, to him. But to Ben's point, it's just such, it's, it is a big leap. It is a big leap for the character to make. And I think but that, that's just the story of it what just, this story is. He kills just, himself. But I just, it is just, I think, Freed remarked 
does it really well. Martin's so fucking. I think James Mason does it extremely well, and I'm just offended by the way Bradley does it as a human being. Yeah. What I was gonna moment I was gonna mention earlier that made me think about you because I feel like it's what you look for in a performance. But when James Mason is at the horse race, he's at the track, Mm -hmm. and when he gets that double scotch. What as soon like he's about to take a sip and he just winces in this moment where he realizes similar to to Cradley's realizing like the inevitability of what's going to happen with but with James Mason it's just so sad yeah. <laughs> like like you see it on his face be like I lost and I hate myself for yeah. it but mm. it's but it is inevitable mm-hmm. yeah and it's on one close up it's an inside profile yeah 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 it's a it's the it that for me is the moment of the James Mason performance that is what elevates it for me. I mean, I love James Mason. Like, I would watch him read the phone book. Yeah. Ah, two, two, three, eight, seven, six. <laughs> like, I would, I would watch the shit yes. out of that. But that is that that is a moment of sensitivity in in that movie. Something I that I really like in Bradley's performance that mm-hmm. this movie reminded me a lot of a different Judy Garland movie, which is called Summerstock, which was her last movie at the MGM studio, which she had to make to be released from her contract, and no one wanted to work with her. And Gene Kelly decided to do the movie with her as a favor, basically. And in that movie, it's not love although it is a love story the the emotion that i see on gene kelly's face is i like this girl so much i just want to be around her i just want to hang out with her and that's what i see in bradley to Allie mm-hmm. is it's not like yes he loves her but he like and it's stuff like that that makes it okay to not have extreme exposition about yeah. Allie because you don't need to know why he likes her if he likes her that much. And I also feel like he's you know always I mean? looking for yeah. a, he's always looking for a drinking buddy mm-hmm. and he's not looking like I feel like his connection with her he knows is something more genuine than that. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be love. It is love. It is romance, but more than that he's like I just want to take another look at you yeah. and then another look at you and then I want to go get Thai food. You know, like he just always wants to be around this person. It's like on Parks and Rec, Amy <gasps> Poehler and Adam Scott say I like you and I love you oh. to each other. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a lot of times in movies you don't get both. Right. And right. like you get both from Bradley yeah. and that's yeah. very special. And Bradley is so vulnerable in We this switched movie. to Bradley. <gasps> No, Bradley. Oh, I got too sincere. The, the no, that's park, fine. The parking lot scene really does that for me. Mm-hmm. Is the I like you, I love you of it all. I think you might be a songwriter. Uh, the but there's also a Gaga. I don't think it was in the script. Like improvised. Like with what is dinner. this with the uh, bag yeah. of peas? Yes, that's my favorite. That's moment. Her. That's that my favorite moment though. of hers in that stretch of it's the movie. It's so fun. It's that works. so yeah. that puts the button on that first act of yes. how. And also, fun like when you when you first meet somebody and you are like you're sort of surprised, like not not with everybody, but it's clear in in this instance when these two people, they're both. I mean, he's pretty wasted, so he's already going to be a little like letting her behind his open emotional borders, right? But when you when you catch yourself having been very vulnerable in front of somebody and you immediately want to not yeah. maybe make a joke out of it mm-hmm. or just like get it like get out of this very vulnerable space yeah and that's the moment for me yeah and it does feel like an ad lib i agree brandon which is it's not a bad ad lib no. it's, it's not great like the, it's not she's like got the, a, I fucking she love this movie. she's got a bag of frozen peas taped to her hand you yeah. know it's like what is this like mm-hmm. 
it's the movie like it, it's not the movie being self-aware it's the movie living inside of its own skin and yeah. that's what i love about this movie it is certainly working within a framework but i just believe that it's happening yeah. for the first time mm-hmm. because of how intimate mm-hmm. the film is intimacy and i and i and, and i and i will say and i will say um something i love about the cradley performance and i don't need to jump back into what i was saying about the suicide but how weak the character is at all times and sometimes like when he's doing the sam elliott voice that maybe he's putting on you know like it's this armor but he he lets you see him and which is why like let him direct himself to an oscar let there be a great love affair between Cradley Booper, the director and the actor, because I've never seen Cradley, maybe in Silver Linings Playbook, let himself get this weak, look this weak Mm. and this pathetic and and this flimsy. Like you can just knock him over with your finger. I proudly have him at the top of my ballot for best actor. He's up there. And I don't know if he'll get knocked down. I'm sure he will be my favorite of the nominees. Probably. Unless if Ethan got nominated, would you still be my favorite? Nice. Yeah, me too. I mean, I want, like, I actually am excited if, if so, he so, wins. Yeah. So this is my impression of Ethan Hawke in First Reformed, Reverend Toller watching A Star is Born and narrating mm-hmm. t- in his head, like watching Cradley Booper act. It was fascinating. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, fuck. All oh, right, fact. well, we're 90 minutes in. This fuck. has been movies. No, we need to. I'm just kidding. Let's talk about Judy. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk. Judy, Judy, Judy. So Ben has watched it eight times in the past 48 hours. I had to wake up at six o'clock in the morning to watch the 1937 because last night after I got home from drinks, I was like, I'm just going to watch the Judy Garland version again because that's the only movie I like on this planet and we're going to die soon. (laughs) Literally had the explicit thought, we are going to die soon. I'm going to watch the Judy Garland again. How I love you. How I love you. We don't really see Judy uh, interact as a star, I think. But you know what we get in the Judy Garland? The backstage scene? We get she's got freckles on her face? No, but that is very important. Yeah. I'm but pulling out my notes for this one. What we get is the born in a trunk sequence. Which, which is... is be- it's in- okay, so I, I'll, which is I'll, the, I'll, I'll admit... The best thing ever. I'll admit... Which was not directed by George Cougar. Who was it directed by? Uh, her... Judy's manager... Cougar was removed from the picture at some point, mm-hmm. and they added a 16-minute dance number. You know, um, you know who doesn't like. I love it. Uh, you know who doesn't like that stretch of the film? Mm. It's James Mason. But I have a. Well, I, I hesitate fair. to say it, but I'm weird. I feel like we're we're all being a little more sincere tonight. I don't. I don't love singing in the rain. I've wow. said it. I've said it. I love. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I enjoy. And I like watching it. I have a great time watching it. I do not love it the way that people love it. Oh, really? Born, hmm. born in a trunk. Hmm. Made me feel like the dream ballet. I yeah. think it's supposed it's, to make me feel sure. singing in the rain. What a brilliant visual deconstruction of mm-hmm. the entire movie. Yeah, it's, yeah. And the movie's it's not really, even over yet. It's the end I had of to Act pick up one. my jaw. Yeah. off the floor. It's stunning. I had and no it, idea it was coming. It works because. It's Judy's life. Like, the movie is not explicitly a Judy Garland autobiography, but she's doing emotional autobiography. Like, the the emotional movements that this character goes through are the same. And she's possessed James Mason because Mm -hmm. she's also working out that side of her life as well. Yeah. And it's... not. I don't know. It's just, like, the most... It's the most riveting performance. And... I don't know. This movie it rem- leaves me speechless. The movie yeah. reminds me a lot of In a Lonely Place. Mm. 
And mm-hmm. a lot of that is because of the shared pain and shared trauma. And I don't think another performer could have inhabited that side of Esther the way that Judy Garland can, because I don't think it's on the page. Yeah. Like the wounded quality yeah. of Esther, the insecurity of mm-hmm. Esther, even though she is clearly the most talented woman in the world. When, 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 um, when James Mason walks into the after hours bar mm-hmm. and she's just casually delivering, what's the name of the number? The man who got away, which is the... just casually, uh, casually spitting out the best performance anyone has ever given of any musical number. Framed by uh-huh. brass after yep. after mm. yeah, and that beautiful the shadows of it. It's so good in the way in the way that the brass is on the sides of the frame after she's worked an entire night. Yeah. And she's still giving it. I was going to joke when you said you started it the other night and then you were going to watch it in full. I was going to joke because that song starts with the pianist being like, take it from the top. And that's you taking it from it's the me top. me taking it from the top. This, so I, I like. Speaking of taking it from the top. Yeah. Oh. Do you tell. Oh, is that no, <laughs> that, was, that was the joke. That was the whole joke. Nice. I love topping humor. Yes. Sexual um, humor. Tell us about Judy, Ben. What do well, you know? I know that the, in what the, the stars. Oh, what do they know? Oh, oh. <laughs> do you guys Let's know? Find how, out. Do you guys know Judy's age, like offhand? Do you know when, when she made the movie? Yeah. Do you know her age in this movie? I'm guessing. And, like, guess. I'm guessing forty-two. Thirty-nine. Are you ready? Yeah, she's thirty-two. What? Wow. And. Wow. She's been on drugs for half of her life, mm-hmm. more than half of her Which life. Which is why she feels Looks like, a, like she, she's yeah. 40 and she behaves like an old woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she grew up fast. Mm-hmm. And wow. I didn't know that she was 32, but I will say that when the movie starts and Louis you are- Mayer made her have an abortion when she was like 16. Like Judy had a life that is. No, that's the that's that's why people love Judy. It's this it's the mm-hmm. it's the central tragic she joyful irony. Star is born. Yeah, the tragic and joyful irony of living such a painful life, mm-hmm. full like, like full of tragedy, full of people making decisions for you, mm-hmm. uh, being mistreated, misused, and walking into calamity and misfortune, and also taking yourself and taking an audience to like the most ecstatic heights of expression. Like it's, that's why we love her. Right. Because she had so much pain in her life and yet she was able to bring you more joy. So she had it in her. It never died. Even like with anyone else that would have been snuffed out. Yeah. And like, cause what everyone says about Judy Garland who knew her is, Oh, she was so fun. Always. Like no one ever, like she was just, she, that was just like a private thing. And it comes out in the acting, obviously, but like, it's a very water sign thing, our Judy. She is the life of the party. Mm-hmm. Well, she was on drugs. But she she loves a... the old folks. She, she... loves the young folks. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I was going to say, and this is still germane to what we're talking about, but as soon as the film starts and you're met with this violent series of close-ups of spotlights oh, yeah. being lit up and sparking, it's so aggressive, it's mm-hmm. so confrontational, oh, and yeah. it's so oppressive, that's the... From the very beginning, I'm thinking about Judy's own personal biography. Yeah. It's about the oppression of that system, not just that the lights are always on you, but just it goes back to, um, this is sort of, sort of a weird example, but I hope this isn't problematic. In, uh, in Spike Lee's Bamboozled, when you watch the process of blackface mm. being made, mm. and, and it is a process of 
uh, degradation and decay, lighting yeah. corks on fire and mashing it into this black paste. Yeah. I, it's a similar... Kakor's doing a similar thing. And again, it's I am not comparing being like a white woman in the studio system right. to being a black person in America or, or in the world. But just the inherent violence of the system itself, mm-hmm. inanimate things possess this anger and this intimidation. That's what it made me think of. Hmm. For sure. Do we have to cut that? I don't think so. Okay. No. Um, uh, I just want to say uh, on the wiki page uh, for uh, this movie... Uh, the best thing is that it says Cooker offered uh, Norman to Gary Grant, and Cary Grant wanted to spend time with his wife and turned it down. And it says, and Cooker never forgave Cary Grant. <laughs> I was just like, oh, these faggots. <laughs> never. Grudges. Never they tended them him. like little pets. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've talked about every iteration except, and I want to close on this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to close on this, so wrap it the fuck say, up. Price say, say it in character. Say it in character. We got to talk about uh, what price Hollywood. <laughs> so I just what sound like price a, Hollywood. That's good. I, I just sound like Hollywood. Sound. What price Hollywood? You sound like Marble Mouth Gravelly Cradley Booper. <laughs> Did you see that tweet? I was, was descri- like, I was describing- garble, 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 and then Sam Elliott replies, murder for never <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> I, since we're not going to talk about Sam Elliott, which is fine, I'll just say, Sam Elliott's eyes. But I was describing Cradley Booper's performance to my uncle yesterday, who, like I was saying, is looking forward to the movie, and I never knew this, but is sort of like a Cradley Booper stan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, he's doing Heath Ledger in Brokeback Mountain. Mm. And, oh, no. and and my uncle immediately said back, like, yes. that's what it is. Nice. That's what I it is. That. So, yeah. At what price, Hollywood? What price? Um, I like it a lot, the end. I, I love the formal Ben f- made a good formal connection. Yeah, the form, that's what's interesting oh. about it. The and Mulholland it, Drive of it yes. all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can that I is say, so can I say? striking. That's clearly where that explain comes from. Explain what that, yeah, I agree. So explain your scene because then there's another yes, scene. Yes, there is. But there's, um, it's I like. explain the second scene? Hard to miss. I forget exactly where it is. Is it after her very first role or yes. is it like. The, yeah. fir- the first one. It's it's 30 minutes yeah. into the movie. It's like after her very first role and it's like the doors of Hollywood have opened. I forget what her name is in this version of the movie. Let me it's Joan up. Bennett. Um, and there's this like double, triple exposure thing of like lights, camera, and she's standing in the middle, smiling widely through the whole thing, and it's reminiscent of the with a bright ass spotlight on her. Yes. Yeah. And what's the the dance competition? Jitterbug. Yes, the jitterbug competition moment in Mulholland Drive. Yes. And slash the ending of Mulholland Drive when exactly. we get come back to Naomi's yeah. face. Naomi on this, on this double exposure. Love and, it. And the other Mulholland Drive part is the end mm-hmm. when Max Carey shoots himself. Yes. And when he gets the gun and flashing to all of yeah. his, it's very mm-hmm. Naomi Watts killing herself in Mulholland Drive. Yes. And the which movie lurved. It's a, it's a wacky, wild fucking movie. I mean, it's, there, there, I like there, it. There's yeah. a, I liked it too. There's a hyperbolic quality to a lot of the drama going on. Yeah. It, it it knows exactly what it's commenting on, and it's mm-hmm. not making a show or it's not hiding that fact. Like. It is, it is again almost like Kim Dickens' how meta about Hollywood, and it has an it, it's it's totally like a lot of the dialogue is like fun, and people yeah. are making great jokes. 
but there's like a little bit of an arch quality to it that mm-hmm. also reminds me of Lynch. It's not, they're obviously not mm-hmm. doing the same thing, but that knowing, like you watch Mulholland Drive, you know that you were watching a satire about Hollywood. You watch this film. There's like a guy scribbling box office numbers on the right. tablecloth at the Brown Derby. Like, right. and in fucking, um, uh, Clark Gable is like yeah. on the back of a magazine. Like right. we know exactly that we are working in this self-referential context, mm-hmm. but it's not self-reverential. Right. Um, I'm not. I'm not emphasizing for emphasis. I just can't say those words unless I sound them out, um, because I too am learning to read. But oh, congratulations. But that also reminds me of Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Reminds me of Lynch. Yeah. I love totally when she is practicing her line on the staircase. Over yes. and over. And, until and oh, over. I wrote it down. Until it becomes good. <laughs> yeah. And you're I like, adore oh, that. Acting. Yes. Be gay. The- Hello, Buzzy. You haven't proposed to me yet tonight. Yes. Hello, yes. Buzzy. You Hello. haven't proposed to me yet tonight. And then by the end. Oh, palsy wowsy. Get out of here. And then at the end, you're like, oh, she is a star. By the end, she nails it. She's like. Hey, Buzzy. Her I delivery is completely different. The, and the, it's perfect. What price Hollywood? It's just talent. The yeah. price is just talent. The price, the price is, is talent, that one baby. evening of practicing your first line, and then she got it. <laughs> she got it. Well, she, she got we it. We solved the mystery. Yeah. Um, the price. Hollywood's pal. Yes, I like, that's right. Not, Hollywood's pal. Not the Palsy wowsy. Not the it girl. Hollywood's I like, pal. I forget, because I watched this like a week ago now, that there were like... Things that are like, oh wow, right, this is pre-code. Like they can oh, do yeah. that. And like, well, like explicit when ta- suicide, first of, of all. Of course. And also earlier when he's like, Did we fuck last yes, night? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, We didn't fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They I don't say fuck, right. but not literally. But but he is like Code is Did so you come fun. home with me? Pre-code is so yeah. fun. There's this great movie uh called Millie that's okay. uh it's been a couple Millie. years since I saw it. <laughs> Millie? Millie. Millie Damaro? Or Lamoureux. Three women. Three women. Oh. Millie, Millie Lamoureux. I need to rewatch it. My name is Millicent. My car's gone. <laughs> My car's gone. I love when I love when Sissy is like, <laughs> we're just going there. I love when Sissy is like, yeah, my name's Millicent, but I hate it. I just yeah, about couldn't think it. of a stupider name. I hate it. And Shelly Duvall's like, what do you think my name is, Pinky? <laughs> She's like, oh. Oh, my back, my back. Oh, my, my, my legs, my legs. Mm. What well, was your point? I don't know. <laughs> well, can well, I do it? Hold can on, we rank? It? No, we, oh, oh, no I want to rank. Okay, but rank first, the picture. But I want to say... We're all going to have the same ranking. The best... We and, and are I, not. I want to pre- I can guarantee we don't. Let's, we, oh. don't we don't. We don't. Uh, I think me and you do. No, I don't. I truly As don't. a prelude... I know because I've seen your star ratings. We don't. Okay, bitch. <laughs> Please. As a prelude... <laughs> I've seen the logs. <laughs> Listen. As a prelude... I want to rank the credits in this film, mm. but there's only first place and everybody right. else. First place. First place is Barbara Streisand's costumes came from dot, 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 her, her closet. Yes. <laughs> uh. I'm like, so, so the shot of her and Chris Christopherson out in the desert. Um, oh, and by the way, we want to talk about like not handling the suicide well. Yeah. The, the cowardice, cowardice of the way that cowardice. it's handled in a star's baths mm-hmm. where we're just like, what happened? Yeah. But he drives off a cliff. It's family. We don't plot. know. There's yeah. just, it's, <laughs> he's just careening down. Yeah. That's the best part. Family plot for me is not a good movie. Yeah. The careening down is one of yeah. my top twelve Hitchcock. Top yeah. twelve. It's very good. Hitchcock's it's, it's very probably good. twelve. Very 
subjective and terrifying mm-hmm. zero but the shot of babs and chris in the desert where he's wearing one of those burlap sacks mm. with a plunging neckline yeah. v that goes down to his belly button mm. and then some sort of american indian uh, symbol on it mm. and then babs is wearing this headscarf <laughs> that just like covers her entire face she looks mm. like a mummy <laughs> and then there's just these snow-capped peaks in the background i'm like goes to joshua tree once i love it <laughs> I, I like the scene it. where they're out in should, the should I Should I post that and do Ingrid Goes West 2017? Yes, please. Um, scene in Babs when they're like out on the field and they're he has like the strings up when they're building the it's house. It's Coal Miner's daughter. It's Coal Miner's daughter. Yeah. And the next thing you know, like what it feels like in the film, a day later, the house, the house is, is done. Complete. Yeah. And they're sleeping in it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been... And it's fully furnished. It's been a day. There's... It's it, been a day. There are can't st- put the bedroom in the front. There- <laughs> can't put the bedroom in the front, do you? Dad- do you? Would that so good go in my eyes? Dad gum, do you? I don't want to see that. <laughs> do you? But do you, you got to put the bedroom in the back. <laughs> well, all right, I put the bedroom in the back. What do I thought you want? I'm trying to do something nice. Uh, do you? <laughs> Sissy SpaceX Laura Lynn as the interior <laughs> decorator of Babs and Chris's house. Where's that dadgum stained glass window? I'm overheating. Stained. There are stained glass windows in that house that it went in over. Who made those in a day? Fence stripping. I'm hot. It's too. I'm hot, hot too. I'm wearing. I almost a threw up earlier. I'm wearing, <laughs> I didn't want to like. I'm wearing bring a dadgum sweater. Like, having a really rough what time. What movie did I watch this. where people were barfing? Oh, there was a lot of barf. <laughs> At the Arclight Cinema. <laughs> Someone parked. In the theater? In oh, the theater. My friend fainted at Climax at oh, the really? Egyptian. Too much were sex? the strobes? There was... No, it wasn't the strobes. <laughs> was it wasn't it too the sexy. <laughs> um, too much I guess there's a there's self-mutilation at one point. And what are they mutilating? They're peeing. I, he didn't get into <laughs> it. But he was like... I. He was like, I was, he was like, I told my friend, I gotta go. And he walked into the lobby and the yeah. next thing he knew, He's and Usher him. was like, are you okay? Well, <laughs> He's it, on the floor. It, I mean, I get I'm, that. It must, be, it must be hard to watch if, you know, you, you're you're tripping on Molly, yeah. you're dancing to EDM, you're like a sweaty dude in your late 20s and you venture into a bedroom thinking mm. you're, you're gonna get laid and then, you know, a Belgian housewife takes her pair of scissors and just plunges it in. Uh, you did it. Yes! You did you it. Did it. <laughs> okay, let's rank on that right. note. Bottom to top? Yeah. Who's going first? Uh, um, Daniel goes I first. feel like mine are the most predictable. So, what price, Hollywood? And what price? At what price, though? Is that your bottom? Yeah. It's my bottom, too, bitch. Oh, wait. No, it's not. No, it's not. Over Barbara? Oh, Over God. Star's oh. Babs? <laughs> you, for, you forgot Barbara existed. I forgot it existed. And so did I. A star, it turned into Coal Miner's A star is Babs <laughs> is number five. Number four <laughs> is what price, Hollywood? The price was that I forgot that A Star is Babs existed. Yeah. Number three is Janet Gaynor, Frederic Marsh, 1937. By the way, we can talk about Marsh for a whole episode. That's a killer performance. Frederick March, hot. Yeah, here's a hot, hot take. Hot IMO. He's hot and he may take me. Number yes, two? Literally. Number two? Cradley Booper and Gaga. Number one? Judy, Judy, Judy. Oh, wait. This is boring. We have the same ranking. I knew someone at this table was going to have the same ranking. Hell yeah. You guys okay. are going to gasp. In the, I know what I know what you're going to do over I, there. I know the gag. I'm already prepared yeah, we all for know your the gag. gag. So, uh, Babs, what price? 
Gainer. Janet. Gaga. Gaga. Judy. Judy. Okay, yeah, nice. same ranking. Boring. But by the way, I, right. I, I blow I, our minds. I would. Then. I would rank. Oh no, I, I would probably rank the Esters around the same. I think. Okay. What do you mean? Like, like the actresses themselves. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But if I were to rank the the uh, the mains, I would go bottom Boom. to top. Oh. Crad. This is Cradley Mason March. Seven layers of shit. <laughs> or, or, you know, the guy whose name oh, I don't you're know. you're going from top to yeah, bottom. Yeah, the guy whose name I don't know and what price. Seven layers of shit. And then, Chris Christopherson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were putting Breaking Cradley at the, the bottom. No, 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 no. I, I think Cradley's great. All right, Ben. ben number five. Blow yeah. our minds. No, we're going to do... Okay. Number I, five. Is, I actually have, I have two gags for you. So number yeah. six. All right, do the, do the wig reveals. Number six. Oh, don't do this. A Star's Babs. Oh, okay. Number five. A layer of shit. Gaga. Yikes. Number... <laughs> That's crazy. Four. Janet. Number three. What Price Hollywood? Number two. Judy Garland. Number one. New York, New York starring Liza oh Minnelli. <laughs> Ben is directing air traffic. I used to know what she sang. What are the words? I want to rewatch that movie. It's cream of the crop and top of the. She's she's spelling the alphabet with her just wildly gesticulating arms. So aside from New York, New York, I'm surprised at two things. Gaga being that low. Actually, are you kidding me? I'm of course I'm surprised at. I'm not surprised, but I think it's fun that you put what price above the gainer. Just the the formally formal invention is very exciting to me. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think Fair. I think gainer's version is this is not more how narratively I would rank compelling. The women, of course, no, that's a different. Janet thing. would be above Joan Bennett. Right. 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 But yeah. I, uh, I what think price, for me, like what what price? It loses me to, a little bit with that romance. That is yeah. not that interesting. Me too. I just don't think that it's really formally. It it is totally getting into dreams. It is getting yeah. into delusion. It is getting into the elevation of somebody into a you know. It, it just into, really into rustles like my Jimmy. Celebrity on uh, like, cla- like God level, like cloud level celebrity. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to exploring anything else, like anything that's not abstract, yeah, I just find it pretty perfunctory. Mm. But it's a very. That's sort of how I, I feel hey, about. I've got a pretty gr- I've got a pretty great word. We got a pretty great word for how I feel about it. It's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just really interesting. Oh, did I say? I think I did, but I'll just I'll just say, and this is purely a brag. But I saw 1937 on a nitrate print in the Egyptian. You did. Luminous. You did say that. Oh. Luminous. You said that already. The color. The color. And ju- so I didn't realize that a, a Star Is Born Judy version is Kukor's first full yeah. color. Film. He's dealing oh. with Technicolor for the first time. She's Chinamascope. dealing with Chinemascope for the first time. Oh. He's dealing with Judy for the He's first time. He's dealing with Judy for the first time. Oh. And it he feels I mean he he is a master, but at this Judas? point he, the way oh, I didn't make my most contra- I didn't make several of my most controversial points oh. that I feel deeply but I feel will be controversial. And also, you, you, y'all remember before Cradley Boop's Star Is Born came out, that review that leaked, that was uh, that real yeah. or not? Where they like yeah. listed like, it's Kubrickian, uh-huh. it's Scorsese and all that. I mean, that's so stupid. The source was literally like I think Joe's blog.com. I think that the way, and oh God, we didn't even talk about Matthew Libatique, who does a great job in this oh, thing. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. way that the lights 
Is it gonna win cinematography? Way, no, first man. It's not gonna win cinematography. Roma. The way that the lights oh, string across <laughs> the the screen like guitar strings, mm. but the way that Cradley Boops is using again the stagecraft and the way that Libatique is shooting it, it reminds me in the mise en scene of the emotions being writ large through enormous washes of color. Reminds me of Douglas Sirk mm. quite a bit, mm. and. The roving camera work mixed with that safe, generous space for the actors to go hog fucking wild makes me think of Cassavetes. Mm-hmm. And that's all for me. Um, Did you like the Nashville shot when he's singing in the drag bar and she comes out and there's the pan through the beads or yes, strings? Yes, and I and I and I kind of have been refusing to compare this movie to Nashville because I wouldn't. That shot is there. Absolutely, but. and and Altman encouraged improvisation. I and again and again I love the multi layered sound mix. That's yeah. very Altman. People are talking over each other one at a time, but it would just be way too on the tip of the dick to you, Governor, if yeah. I was to call the movie Altman esque because right. it's not strictly Altman esque, no. but. That's a whole other conversation, but it kind of is in the ensemble work and the attention paid to the acting while at the same time subtly challenging you structurally to what's going on in some films more than others. But so, yeah, I have a laundry list of directors this <laughs> makes me think of, yeah. but I don't want it to sound like that guy's review. Just like I think that, um, you know, Private Life reminds me a lot of Ozu. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a little bit of Paul Mazursky, but it's ultimately Tamara Jenkins. Yeah. It's ultimately Cradley Booper. Mm-hmm. So people have influences, people homage, but ultimately, yeah. unless you're a hack, unless you're like super derivative, unless you're Xavier Dolan, oh. you, <laughs> oh. I have, I'm, um. I'm, I'm not even like saying anything. I've only seen a couple of his films. I, I'm not equipped to make that call, but just the idea of like, um, the idea of just like borrowing everything yeah, without really putting a twist on it. I'm, I, you know, I don't, I haven't seen enough Xavier Dolan to make that call, but like lately it's just like, ugh. he's a. I don't. What I like, mommy. Sometimes, right. like, I, sometimes um, I listen back to this podcast when I'm when I'm supposed to be doing the edits, and I think, like, Daniel, if you could just hold on for 15 more minutes, you can make the points you want to make at the end. But with this one, I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm very happy just to end it in. Ugh. Yeah, here we are. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> we haven't. We, we, we where are we? At? Well, I don't. I'll, we'll, I'm not be saying. I'm just not gonna say. Any final thoughts on any iteration of A Star Is Born? All five. I'm ready for the Mitski's A Star Is Born. Same, honestly. Big same. Ready for, I'm ready to gender flip it. Flip the gender, baby. Yeah. Star it, Beyonce and Frank Ocean. There it is. That's the one. I'm ready. I concur. Um, God, can you imagine how tragic it would be watching Beyonce crumble under her own demons yeah. towards oh. death? I would love it. God, would be, like, oh. that would be such a good movie. Guess what? So um, my six-year-old cousin the other day woke up and her hair looked great and she came to my aunt and said oh my god i look like beyonce today mm. like in my aunt was like she sounded so proud of herself i love that yeah she, she w- should have said she woke up like I woke this, up I like this. I woke, yeah no but she's sick say. she's not gonna nail that although she made some really i thought she would know i thought that's where the story was no no that's what's so great about the story is like she woke up like this mm-hmm. and she didn't even like she didn't even she made a really funny joke it. at dinner Anyway, it, I, I remember the joke, but I'm not gonna. It's it's more. It's it won't make any sense to me. It's <laughs> more given you to you by you for oh. you. <laughs> oh, last thing for me, Daniel. I'm trying to Cradley. Cradley Booper's A Star Is Born reminds me structurally and the way that it recalls a bit of a 
a, a walk down memory lane in scattered memories, like in scattered memories as structure in the back half reminds me of Lady Bird. That's all for me. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> really? That's how you want to close? Oh, right. Lady Bird's a much better movie. I'm just saying, like the the stretches where we don't have the exposition. I was just thinking my drive here. I'm like, when was? I'm like, this sounds familiar in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, with Lady Bird, I felt like I didn't need those stretches of exposition. Hmm. Maybe they're not. They're not doing the same things. I shouldn't say it like that, but it it did make me think about how the the authenticity of the actors and the specific dimensions of those moments strung together an entire narrative for me. Well, this is the movies <laughs> IMO. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at PK Kirby. I'm Ben Empey. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. I'm Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. Please go to Swing Left or go to Vote for America. Mm. Please, for the love of God, find a race near you. If you are in Texas, volunteer for Beto. If you are in Los Angeles, get down to Irvine and work for Katie Porter or Katie Hill. If you are living in uh, any state in the Midwest, if you're in Florida, there are so many districts, and maybe you can't get to one. Maybe you can't drive. Maybe you don't have time. Donate some money. Please. Yeah. Vote. Register to vote. Yeah, if you live in a, if you live in a state where, and I wish I had the list right here. This is going to come out after some of the voting deadlines have passed. But if you live in a state where the deadline is later or up until election day, if you are not registered to vote, register to vote. Even if you don't know, look it up. And if you miss the deadline, that's too bad. But look it up. Make sure you're registered to vote. Yeah, and voting do something. deadlines are unconstitutional. I don't want to get into that, but I have to say that on this mic. Couldn't agree with you more. Oh yeah, you should be able to walk in. Yep. The yeah. day of. Yep. It's totally insane. Automatic voter registration. Yes. And automatic absentee if you have a mailing address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. If, and if you're in Georgia, I agree. work really hard because the voter rolls have been purged. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Texas. Um, and again, if you don't have the time, if you do have the money, please donate to Stacey Abrams, Andrew Gillum, Beto O'Rourke. There's so many great candidates. Please, please, please volunteer or donate money. I it's agree. not enough to tweet. It's not. It's not. Well, unless you're Taylor Swift. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and if then, you're Taylor Swift, you can just do a social post. And it's then so funny. We can't. Th- thousands. This will be people. like a whole other conversation. But I'm like, just the irony of it being Phil Bredesen of all the kids. Yeah. It's great. What are we talking about next week? Next week we're we're clear for liftoff. Ten, nine, eight. <laughs> Brandon has already taken off as you are on eight. <laughs> He's already in the outer orbit. That's the gag. <laughs> We're talking about. We're talking about space movies that are all really fucking long. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. <laughs> this is gonna be. The, I've already this watched the, two of them. This is the. Uh, if you liked the support the girls episode, wait until you get into our supportive girls episode oh. next week with oh. First Man. Oh, oh God, I'm um, very excited to see what Claire Foy has up. You're just a bunch of boys. Movie. I know that line. Mm. I finally watched a trailer today, and I took note of that line. It looks quite. Nice. So I will talk about. She's it next gonna week. win, right? I. No. I We'll talk about it. After we'll talk we about it next week. Regina or Claire. We'll right. talk we'll about talk it after next we... week. Okay, next. We week still don't we'll know talk... where Olivia Coleman is going to land. I think it is official. Lee. I don't. I don't. I didn't see a press release. I yeah. don't know for sure. But the way that, the way that the, uh, 
The way that the it's the very crumbling. The way that the bourgeois Oscar prognosticator mm-hmm. class talks about it is settled. It was very. I think it's lead. very clear that Fox Searchlight was waiting to see what online would decide, and online has basically decided lead. Well, she's you know? lead because they have two supporting. We well. want. We want the line. It was just like very unclear. Really, it's because the I lineup. Like, uh-huh. I mean, this isn't this isn't why. But if you had told me ten years ago, if you had told me in college when I. Like, I'm 19 years old and Born This Way comes out, and, like, I'm from a somewhat religious family. I'm from an, even more than that, like, deep Southern family. Um, so, like, listening to Born This Way was an act of rebellion. So, if you had told me around that age, like, Lady Gaga is going to get nominated for an Oscar. She'll be nominated alongside, a couple years later, Peep Show becomes a big favorite. Olivia fucking Coleman. Mm-hmm. And Bridesmaids comes around, yeah. comes around then. Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Already loved Viola from Doubt. Viola. Mm-hmm. And Glenn, I mean, I think I mean, that I think I think, I think I think that Viola of those five is is least likely to make it. Maybe for the I do think Roma. It's, yeah, what is her name? It just slipped my mind, and I don't want to pronounce it wrong. Sure. Aparicio is her last name for sure. But I but if you oh, had you if you had Roma told me if you had told me at that Viola. if you had told me seven seven eight years ago that that was going to be the best actress lineup. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, so like everything else is great in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the only good thing happening. I'm like, well, I I won't take it. Like, it sounds like we have a lot of work to do, but I'm that's good. That's I'm happy in a very superficial way. Yeah, like I still haven't wrapped my head around the fact that Gaga is going to be an Academy Award nominated. Maybe well, she's going to win. She's already a nominated person. Correct for yeah, uh, I know, but like Huntington. this this feels. Different. We didn't even talk this too feels much about it oh, yeah. special. This feels like because this is her announcement as a yeah. actor. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I wanted to tweet the other day, which this is an honest, sincere emotion I have. Do you ever just think about Gaga and want to cry? Yeah, because of what she, she meant just, to me when yeah, I was nineteen yeah, years she old. She means she's always meant everything to me, and yeah. now that this is happening, it's just like I don't know, very excited. You know, yeah. she to me in a word like. You know, I don't, I don't speak German, but I can if you like. She is wunderbar. Huh? Nice. Oh, my God. I was walking up. I was inside my phone just texting away, and I heard... Um, Sticky bass. No, what's... um? <laughs> I can't think of how Shaisa goes. Can you say... How does Shaisa go? Can you I'm sing it, I'm just enjoying then? this too much. Sing it. Sing no, it. I'm enjoying this too much. Sing it. No, you're putting me on the spot. It's like, it's drawing me a blank. But it's like... I'm drawing maybe a blank. We can all, maybe we can all just sing the shadow uh, then uh, to close uh, this up. Uh-oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, that is Shaisa, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. Anyway, I heard it blaring down the street. And it meant to you. It was Daniel B. Oh. A faggot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. I was listening... I don't know where I'm going I was listening this. to the Star Is Born soundtrack, and I was like... I, I don't want to like I want to I want to get reacquainted with Born This Way. So it's always exciting to see. You should what have seen song. me slapping my steering wheel from the first mm. fucking syllables of Mary the Night. Yes. I wanna marry. Um, ma 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 Mary. It's always exciting to see what song Spotify will autoplay from the end of the Stars Born soundtrack. For a while, it was Hey Girl, which was offensive, but then it switched to. Um, Alejandro and I was oh. fucking lit. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Well, should people maybe? Oh yeah. Rate, review. 
pop us pop pop on to the iTunes store. Pop on and pop off. Pop on, pop off. Positively. Um, rate us five stars. Unless you hate us. You can be honest. Tell us what's we'll take, your no, favorite look, Lady Gaga song. We'll take DM we'll take hate filled DMs, but that's and we encourage them. Mm. If you hey, if you got beef, if you got a beef if you've got a, a beef dress with the movies IMO podcast, send it in a DM. For, for everybody else at though. movies IMO. just make sure i'm not the one that gets a notification because i'll probably be a bitch do it on the movies <laughs> imo account actually just send them to me directly because I'll, I'll i'll ignore them i'll obsess over them and then i'll eventually disarm the situation wow but if you do have a you know if you've got a you've got a pop on pop off positive comment to make would love a five star would love a five stars and for you to tell us what's What's your favorite? Why were, Gooper, I why, why were your five stars born? <laughs> I, I, I said this to you guys in the group chat, but the whole fucking time I see those eye cringles and I just want to be like, tea tree essential oil, mm. Cradley. It's mm. so easy, Cradley. It's so easy. Just rub it on the edges. I love the body shot he gives himself. The pan. The two body shots. There's two, isn't yeah. there? Oh, yeah. oh, oh there are. There's the swimming and then there's the shot. The shot. The money shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Indeed. Maybe, no, hold on. Maybe maybe we maybe we can end this on three. We can can we all just do an ah uh, ah uh, for the last time? <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> I don't I'm, like I'm Sam gonna, Elliott in I'm this just, movie. Okay, that <laughs> is not gonna be the last I'm sorry, that is not the last moment. What did you say I about said Sam? I don't like Sam Elliott in this movie. <laughs> buckle buckle up for a long award season, bitch. <laughs> The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. <laughs>